Sir, what, what kind of air do you have in these tires? Air? I Just regular air. Like the kind that's all around us? Yeah. Yeah, that's not good, sir. We really recommend Jake's 540Z tire air. It's a special kind of air. It not only keeps your tires inflated, less likely to blow out, but occasionally you'll be able to fly. All right. It's 1999. Oh, no. It's tire air. Hey, Eric, how much is tire air? 1999. 29.99. <sighs> oh, fine. Sir, when's the last time you replaced your breather element? You already asked me that. Yes, sir. In the time we talked, it needs to be replaced again. <laughs> You didn't replace it the first time. It really needs to be replaced, sir. Also, you need to replace these hubcaps. Hubcaps? They need to be replaced every four minutes or every eight yards. <laughs> you know what? This is crazy. You, I, I'm just paying for all this extra crap. I just came in here for an oil change. <laughs> Why are you not laughing? That's the funniest thing I've heard in weeks. You of simple minds. <laughs> Jenks Tire Air. How much? $19.99. $29.99. I figured that was appropriate since we're talking to Nick Leon from uh -huh. Bud's Diesel. And we're talking no, about repair. No. It's not appropriate because Bud's Diesel doesn't do that to their customers. I know that. Which is why that. they're one of the most successful freaking diesel shops in SoCal, which, by the way, is really hard to be the best diesel shop in, in a place SoCal. that hates diesels. Yeah, I know. I figured we talked to him. I just, I thought that was No, uh, he doesn't so do fun. that. No, I know that. I'm. Just, it's polar opposite of Right. Mix. That's, that's <laughs> Sp Spud's schnitzel dop. <sighs> I am Lightning. He is Holman. And we no, are no, checking in with- I'm going uh, to bed. You're going to bed? Yeah. Can you handle this on your own? I can. The show? I mean, I'd rather not. <clears throat> I enjoy your presence. I've only that's and your not witty true. banter. I've only had three hours of sleep in like the last, I don't know, day and a half. You went on some uh, overlanding something or other. Uh, Nine hundred and forty-seven mile round trip uh, sightseeing through scenic Arizona with uh, Center Force on the Center Force Adventure Run twenty-three. The clutch guys. Yep. All right. And uh, I got grandfathered in, even though I don't have a clutch. They still let me go. Did you I, pretend? I was one of the OGs. Did you, did you jerk it back and forth? No, no, but I did use the paddles quite a bit. Okay. They actually f were useful. I don't really like paddle shifting, and they're actually useful on the trail in the uh, 392. But I um, I left Prescott yesterday evening and uh, drove through the night and then had to uh, sleep for what an hour, then went to the softball field where I prepped the softball field for today's games. That means uh, the little drive the tractor. Around? I drove the tractor around and put a drying agent on and did the nail uh, the what they call the nail dragger on it. And then we had to uh, do the uh, the great drag. And then we had to do yeah. The I don't chalk. care about that. Get back to your trip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, so anyway, I haven't slept at all. I did well, that. All day. I, and I also don't care about the no sleeping yeah. thing because I got you. But no, tell you're me gonna about... you're gonna care. You're gonna care because this is gonna be a horrible. <laughs> you're episode. Pass out. Gonna be like half a half a host. It can't be any worse than when I'm tired. But uh, I, I want to hear about. So let me ask you mm -hmm. this: mm -hmm. Not many. There are a few of our listeners, but yep. not a, a lot of them mm -hmm. have a Jeep 392. Mm -hmm. How did it fare with your fuel economy offer? You're I'm curious. You're asking this because I already told you. I and know. You're I know. By it. Yes, I am. <laughs> so uh, it it did uh, almost 15 miles per gallon total on the oh, whole trip, which okay. is okay. Yeah, good. I, I thought you a little bit admirable. Better but uh, we also had a ton of weather, and the trails were everything. Mud. We drove, like, for an hour down the middle of a river, which is normally a county road was a river. It was amazing. Um, waterfalls and rainbows and 
rain and just wind and Arizona is as green as I've ever seen in my entire life. We started down by Wickenburg and worked our way up to Prescott and it was just unbelievable. Sloppy, disgusting. I mean, you saw it in my driveway. It's completely covered. Your in mud. driveway, I, it's hard to see the cement. It's yeah, mostly it's, mud. Yeah. Although this is going to be a great test because when I finally clean it off tomorrow to see how the Expel does, because that's the whole reason I got it. I think we know that the Expel does pretty well. Not in this. Oh, really? Oh, I mean, this is some is of the this hardest. It's like hardened snot. Well, it's like concrete now, and then plus all the tree branches that were scraping up against the the, uh, the side of it the whole time. We'll see what it looks like when all the mud comes off because I'm really curious. It was not good. The Palo Verdes were angry, and the uh, was it the the hack hackberries trees just. <laughs> oh, it was. Ho- I mean, we did. Were over- there some where you thought it it went through like? Down through um, the paint to the primer? No, no. Oh, no. That's the silly question. Why? Well, I'm not driving making... through metal spikes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not driving through like some rancher's bottle tree <laughs> farm or something like that. No, I mean, but it it's definitely could go through your clear coat. I don't know. I'll be interested once I finally clean it off. What what exists underneath that? Because the other good thing about mud, once you have a layer of mud on it, it, actually acts as a protective layer because it just it scrapes mud, and so. You, I hate mud with a passion, and this thing, my you know, my new Jeep. This is the first time I've taken on a true overlanding trip. I pre-ran that Nissan trip with it before we took all the uh, the frontiers out, and that was the first like off-road trip because that was uh, almost a couple hundred miles. This was the first one where I had it fully loaded with my fridge and my tent and all my gear, and like I just did all the American Adventure Lab stuff in it, and uh, my radios, all that stuff, and everything worked flawlessly. It was it was awesome. The uh, the taser. This here's an interesting side note. Uh, I found out I was in two wheel drive for a while because I had made force rear wheel drive a hotkey, and as I was turning through this rocky section crawling, oh, no. I hit it, and everybody's like, "You're not in four wheel drive," and I'm like, "No, I'm not the guy who's not in four wheel drive." <laughs> it gave me a, a brief uh, amount of panic until I realized I had just hit the hotkey <laughs> and the taser pulled it out. Our microphones were there. <laughs> no, it was more like. <laughs> As the rear tires spun up and down the uh, disgusting, uh, uh, muddy, uh, slick, snot, mud trails. Uh, Are you avoiding my question? No, I'm getting there. Okay. Why? Just be patient. There's storytelling going on here, sir. The muddy ruts were so bad that we got I to saw the muddy ruts last night. They played the troop. <sighs> this is, I don't have patience for you right now. <laughs> Can I tell my story? The mud ruts were so deep. That How deep were they? Up to my rockers. I know you're... Go for it. No, no. Keep going. Do you want me to give you a tea and you can just keep hitting tea balls all day? <sighs> anyway, we uh, had to get through some pretty deep mud. I mean, we're talking about three feet of mud in some spots. There's a big old hole and all sorts of stuff. I got yanked off the road once and basically plowed through some ruts on the side, which I was pretty worried I'd damage something because of all the noises and nah, everything's fine. So anyway, uh, in Off-Road Plus, which is great for throttle response and the fact that you can use your lockers in four high and your sway bar in four high and all that. What I learned is it doesn't like to shift. It wants to keep you in first gear for as long as possible, which could be 3,500 or 4,000 RPM. And when you're doing that all day, even when you go into manual mode, if you drop below a certain RPM, it goes back to M1 and sticks there until you go and, and do it. So if you're not consciously upshifting to keep it around 2,000 RPM, which is like a really good happy spot, it's just blowing through fuel. So... Off road on a very technical section that was about thirty five or forty miles long. I was registering about four point seven miles per gallon. In between two days, we had gone sixty five miles when my low fuel light went on. 
65 miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just swilling premium like a drunken sailor, dude. Yeah. I know how that feels. No. Just a little bit. A, a smidgen. I'll tell you why. Mm. There you, were, But this is why I'm going to disqualify that. Okay. You, don't, you haven't calibrated your speedometer. So all your mileage is off. It's only off by 2.7 miles per hour. That's still off. It's still affecting your mileage. Fine, fine. So we had some torrential rains. I'm sure you've heard about the river or whatever the hell, the, the atmospheric river that's been unloading on Southern California. Yeah, this is our first sunny day in like a month. And no, Californians can't drive in any inclement weather. They just can't. They bump into each other. They slide. They do everything that you're not supposed to do. On the way to work the other day, I just sat and waited in traffic bumper to bumper for just shy of two hours because there was multiple accidents. My average fuel economy was at 9.4. 9.4. And do you know why that is? You realize I just said 4.7, right? I, I said I, I'm similar, uh-huh. right? 9.4. Okay. That's the worst of any vehicle I've gotten. Mm-hmm. I've had in a long time. Okay. 9.4. And I realize we have, we have listeners with vehicles that get worse. But 9.4 was pretty bad. And that's because my supercharger eats about 50 horsepower off the crankshaft just to run itself. Mm-hmm. I'm always at 50 horsepower. Normally, a naturally aspirated car just running is, I don't know, what, one, two horsepower? Well, let me tell you what a 6.4 running without a supercharger does. Mm-hmm. It's not efficient. <laughs> I got to the point where I'm like, oh, we're, somebody has to pee, bio break? Oh, we're going to stop here for five minutes? Guess what? I'm turning the, the engine off. Because I would come back and go, how did I just idle that much away? Yeah, so that was pretty painful. Thankfully, I've got my AEV uh, 10.5 gallon uh, tire fuel caddy on the back. What's going to happen when you put a rooftop tent on I'm there? I'm not putting a rooftop tent on there. You're just not. No. Oh, I thought there was some debate that you were. No, I have a shift pod. I'm shift potting it. Oh. I don't need the uh, extra things in the wind, in the, uh, wind stream. Just not uh, not conducive to, uh, to is this range. Is this a recent revelation? No. Because I felt like you were trying to figure out some mounting system where it would, but there isn't a tent one. would float above your... No, there, no. nobody makes... I'm not satisfied with what's out there to drill through my roof again and do and deal with all that. And the, the gutters on those aren't strong enough for any real weight. So it's not... And, and I can't put it in my garage. It needs to be in my garage. So... It is what it is. It's uh, and uh, the shift pod's been great. I actually bought a really stupidly, stupidly, freaking stupidly expensive cot. Like dumb. Like I like. Why would you spend that much money on a cot? I have an army cot. Well, actually, no, my no, no, wife no. bought. For, no, I'm gonna add. She bought like four army cots, the green ones that fold. They go right. in a little green canvas bag, and I think they were thirty-five bucks a piece, something yeah. like that. Uh, what was your cot? This is ten times that. Excuse me? So made from a company from Helinox. It's made out of uh, aluminum and uh, just very high end. Made for backpackers and things like that. I've been researching cots for like six months because when I went and slept in the shift pod and being back on the floor, I'm like, I love the shift pod. It's dark. It's insulated. It's comfortable. It's quiet. It sets up faster than a rooftop tent or as fast and puts away just as fast as a rooftop tent. They're great. But... I don't like being on the on the ground, and so I researched mattresses or air mattresses. So I, I settled on a mega mat, which is like the cream of the crop. Everybody, which I spent a ridiculous amount of money on. Now this is like a memory foam. It's foam and air together, and it's like the gold standard. Everybody will tell you on all the forums. Mega mat's the one to get. Mega mat, mega mat. Now there's some other stuff at Rari. I make some stuff. Uh, Thermarest uh, makes some stuff. 
But I, I ended up getting the Mega Man, and I'm a side sleeper. And the only thing I didn't like about it was I could bottom out my shoulder a little bit, and I could still feel the ground, and I could air it up to where I didn't because like three inches thick. But then it was too hard, and I didn't sink into it. And That's so, the worst when there's a rock in your shoulder. And so I'm like, you know what? I just want to be off the ground. So they started researching cots. For the price of a really nice home mattress, I literally have a sleeping pad and a cot. And let me tell you, those two things together were the best night sleep camping I've ever had. It was like zen. I woke up refreshed. I could side sleep. They were perfect. They're easy to set up and take down. What What is the mattress made out of? It's memory foam and air. Okay. So if you blow it up and maybe you put it on top of the cot and the cot's above the ground. And right, now the just... cot is, uh, is really narrow or side is, it sides no, like a twin bed? No, no, no. It's, it's a one person wide cot. You spent over $300 on a cot. I spent over $700 on sleeping comfort. Yep. That's my sleeping arrangement. And the 392 in technical driving gets horrible fuel economy. Although in overlanding, just, you know, like it likes to really be at 20, 30 miles per hour going down dirt roads. It'll do like 10. That's fine. But in rock crawling, bring extra fuel. That's what I'm saying. That's funny. I don't recall asking for a really, 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 really boring story. My God. Just wait till I have to explain how long it took me to take all the mud off of it and what the Jeep actually looks like underneath it. No idea. All right. Well, we need to get to the intro and then to Nick because I can see him through our glass door. So he's hanging outside our the pod shed. People are now, uh, they're like, lightning, just get over it. It's yeah, the pod shed. It's the pod shed. Sucks. No, it doesn't suck. It sucks it, for it, me. It has steer horns in that, it. You, you cooled it up. I mean, it is cool in here. But I just don't like the name. That, okay. Well, it's the pod shed. It is what it is now. It sucks. Speaking of names, yeah. you didn't like Yummy Gas either. And all of a sudden, you pull up to my house, and Yummy Gas is the license plate on the TRX. And you know, the chick from uh, AAA called, she, she's like four times, and she says, are you going to get your plates? We have them here. I said, yeah, I'll get them. Because you know what? My my other plate, the one I don't think I've talked about which is much, stupid. which I like, uh-huh. that one I placed at the DMV. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it says it's in process. So I, I don't y- know if I'll ever get it. So I just went and got it. I got Yummy Gas. So Yummy Gas went on your truck. You posted on Instagram. I did. 100% of people, 10 out of 10, would do it again. Everybody's like, that's the best plate ever. That's rad. Oh, that's so funny. And I feel vindicated. Yeah. I'm giving myself a bell for Yummy Gas, because that is a great plate on that thing. Well, it's on there, and, and I'm rocking it. Good. Until you, until you get the other, the bro par. Uh, are you spoiling it? I mean, you can beep it Have we it talked out. about it? I can't remember. I don't remember. We, you well, beep it's, it out. It, yeah, bro par. I've already ordered it, so you can't get it. Are you going to swap plates, because you like bro par better? I think I am going to uh, do a poll. And ask yeah. what the people like. Bro Par's down. I love Bro Par because it makes fun of me. It makes fun of other guys. No, I love self-deprecating humor. Yeah, I always that's, have. That's not self-deprecating. Yeah, it is. Nah. What do you guys think of Bro Par? I think it's funny. I think Yummy Gas is the winner for sure. Well, Yummy Gas on a TRX. I'm I, rocking it. Like I'm doing it right now. Yeah, but now. You're, I you're, just, you're vacillating. I, I am whether vacillating. You're ta- whether you're going to take it off. We need to get to the intro. It's like almost uh, 20 minutes into right, the show. Sorry, Nick. All right. All right. Here we go. All right, you guys have uh, sent us a ton of uh, hashtag Frontier Spotting emails, so we'll get to those uh, later in the show. Frontiers everywhere, including my driveway right now. If you are looking for a midsize truck, you definitely want to go down to your local Nissan dealer and check out the Nissan Frontier, where you can uh, experience zero-gravity seats, the Fedder audio system, the Utilitrack bed tie-down system, spray and bed liner, and uh, the Pro 4X, my favorite model. 
you get uh, Bill Steins and a Dana 44 rear axle with a uh, e-locker as well as full skid plating. It's a great truck. Spent uh, almost 200 miles off-road in one and was like, yep, I totally rock one of these. And if you see one on the road, take a photo of it and email that photo to us, truckshowpodcast.gmail.com, and your man Lightning over here is going to send you a couple of Truck Show Podcast stickers. By the way, I've already sent out almost two dozen sets to uh, listeners who have emailed us all sorts of photos of Frontiers all around the country. You guys rock. So if you're interested in Frontier, you can head on down to your local Nissan dealer where you can uh, participate in hashtag Frontier Spotting if you want to cheat and <laughs> get some not uh, fair. No, truck no, no. show podcast supposed stickers. To be, you're supposed to take the photo from your truck out of your windshield, side side windows, at the Nissan window, dealership. At, no, not at the yes, Nissan Yes, it drives them That's, to the Nissan dealership. The, you, one guy tried that already. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll give solid. you the stickers, but don't, nah, don't do that. Smart. Don't drive to the Nissan dealer smart. unless you intend to buy one. Smart. Or head to uh, NissanUSA.com. Yeah. All right. And if you if you're driving a truck that's got a lot of throttle latency, it's just it's pedal lag city. You need a Banks Pedal Monster. It gets rid of all of that turbo lag. Who's the mayor of uh, Pedal Lag City? Is it pedal uh, lag? is it Joe Big Turbo or <laughs> Joe Big Turbo? <laughs> it is. Uh, it's Mr. Eco Diesel. Was that Eco Diesels are? Oh, I, I've said it before on this show. Great engines. But my God, you could grow a beard faster than you'll get to Especially 60. Especially the Gen 1 one. Holy mm-hmm. crap. If you've got an eco diesel, you, you should be required to get a pedal monster. If, or if you drive an LM2 or LZ0, which is the three liter, great engine again, but those three liter diesels just, woo. Well, listen, the good news is BanksPower.com has what you need. Pedal monsters for not only trucks, but all sorts of applications. Just insert your year, make, model on the website, and you can find out the availability of the pedal monster for your vehicle. At BanksPower.com. And thank you to our friends over at Full Moon Digital, who've been uh, helping us with our uh, SEO and our social. So if you've got a company and you need uh, some search engine optimization help, or you want to extend your reach and uh, talk to more new potential customers, head over to FullMoonDigital.com, where Derek and the team will take good care of you. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck with the truck show we have the lifted we have the lowered and everything in between we'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline the truck show the truck show the truck show oh, oh. it's the truck show with your hosts lightning and holman you're gonna make him wait bring him in no, he has to wait till the intro's done. <laughs> Stupid. Now he can come in. Mr. Nick Leon from Bud's Diesel, welcome to the pod shed. Oh, Thank dear God, I'm me. calling it the pod shed. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. I can counteract that. Well, you have to put something in your mouth? No, hold on. Ooh. What's he doing? He's getting low. No, you don't get a bell. Yeah, I got my own bell, mother trucker. No. No, no, no. Yeah, I got Let a bell. See. No, no, you're not touching my bell. Let me see. I'm ha- touching my bell. You don't get a bell and the board. That's the deal. I get both. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yep. Stand by. Okay. It's off to the side where oh, lightning that's can't not even cool. fondle it. Did you just see that, Nick? He just upscotted with my, my bell. You can't my have brand a bell. New bell. My wife got me that bell. Well, good for your wife. It's a good bell. It is a good bell. <sighs> But that's not the Truck Show Podcast, Bell. I'm sorry. This one is. So, Nick, welcome to the studio. We've Thank got a quick intro. Don't move. It's the inside job, baby. Yes, it is. It's the inside job now. Oh, 
It's time for you to share one, two, two. Oh, ho, ho. Don't ruin it. Well, I didn't know you had me turned up all the way. Normally, you turn me down. I always turn. Wait, hold on. What? <laughs> that was an unfortunate phrasing right there. Yeah, that's exactly right. See, look, you have you can do that with the board. You don't, yeah. you don't need a bell. So, Mr. Nick Leon from a Midway City's Bud's Diesel. Yes. We go back how many years, would you say? Oh, I would say probably... 20? No, not that long, but a long time. Before your Chevy we built for SEMA. I think we go back to my 03 Chevy. Yes. That's 20 years. Yes. That was the one we talked about last week, the old uh, crew cab Bassani Duramac. No, mm-hmm. uh, gas truck. Yeah, gas. Gas truck. My six liter with a Vortex supercharger. Yeah, yep. it's been a while. Yeah. And so you've been working with all of the magazines that Holman's been at for maybe yes. longer, right? Yes, yep. yes. Diesel power and yep. some four-wheeler stuff in there and all the uh, all the magazines that don't exist anymore. That's true. Which is yeah. wasn't my fault, I promise. So now Bud's Diesel, for those who don't know, are not in the Huntington Beach area. Because Midway City is not, not well, a thing. I, I would make fun I of wouldn't even, I, I wouldn't even say that. I would say what? anybody in North Orange County. I mean, this is the, they're the go-to shop. Anytime I've had friends who are like, hey, I got a diesel issue, boom, Bud's. Like, just Bud's. They are the authority. Right. So every community, I think, around the country has the diesel shop. Yeah, staple. The staple. Yeah. You guys are that. I've sent people from the San Fernando Valley down, which is 45 miles, 50 miles the north of L.A., people from south or from north San Diego, which is 60 miles on the other side of you. So you guys are well-respected. And like I said, there is one of these in every community. And for whatever reason- And I, yours is mine. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing what our reach is with such a small amount of marketing. So much word of mouth. Right. That's 90% of our business. Uh, Nick, how did you get hooked up with Bud's Diesel? And why the hell isn't Bud here? No, I'm just giving you a Uh, hard time. Years ago, really my mom knew him. My mom's in the automotive industry. She has her own business. She had told me, hey, I know this guy runs a diesel shop. He had a service manager there, and he was just stealing from him. He's looking to open another shop, and he really needs somebody that's going to not only have his back, but kind of know the ins and outs of the wholesale side of the business and help him grow. Him and I got hooked up and that was kind of the beginning. That was our origin story. For the first couple of years, it was just kind of like, hey, stand around, do your job and listen. Were you Pay thinking attention. it was just going to be a, just a side hustle gig or just a part time? Were you in school? I mean, no, no, you would have been young. School, that, I, right? I, I was early 20s, just come out of doing something totally different. And it was more of like, let me help him get his feet on the ground while I figure out what, what's next. Were you a male model? Uh, no, but I was aspiring. Okay. You know, that was the goal. <laughs> and it just blossomed. It learned as much as I could and organically just kind of took over. So you didn't know anything about diesel? Not as much. No. Automotive industry, yes. My family's been in the business for years. My grandpa owned a body shop. My mom's still in the industry. So it was just kind of fitting. But diesels was totally new to the industry. So you didn't understand the difference between, at, at that point, the, the mechanics behind, uh, the, the differences between a diesel and a gas engine, for example. Surface level, yes, of course. So you knew it didn't have spark plugs. Right, of yeah. course, of course. You, you understand just the general diesel and gas are different. This is kind of what makes them different. But everything in between of 6.0s to Duramaxes to LB7s and every engine code and all these other things that we've learned over the years, I had no idea about. Well, you are the expert in this area, and I've called you 
from banks asking questions like yeah. when we didn't have the answer because asking questions or asking for help both i think both yeah okay. yeah right. for sure i mean yeah. we're we're not we're not bashful like all if i don't have an answer i'll call whoever does we'll get the answer and nick is just around so many diesels of every ilk like if he doesn't have the answer, he can find it. He's got a customer with the truck. Right. Right. He's the gateway guy. Yeah. And it's I not, so. and it's not BS. It's, I don't know the answer. Let me try to find out. Yeah. Right. You know, let me, let me look into it. Let me do some research. Which is totally different than how lightning conducts himself. <laughs> let me fill in the blanks with something that sounds good. And then if I get caught, then I'll. Then I backtrack. A, I'll tell a new story. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, like right. Totally. That's the problem. Part of the problem with the industry, right? People don't say they don't know. I think that's fair. I think there's a lot of people out there. I think there's a lot of customers. Well, when they, when they say, I don't know on Facebook, they get scolded. Well, that's what I'm saying. The, <laughs> yeah, right. The, 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 pro- the problem is that social media hoses you because if you say, I don't know, then people think that you're less credible in the space, even though it might be just a question you don't know, not yeah. that you don't know everything else, right? Right. And they're going to excoriate you, you know? And so you're caught in this, like, a lot of these questions are asked in public. Somebody tags you, and then what are you going to do? Oh, I don't know. And then all of a sudden you lose that credibility. Then they go, oh, that guy, he works at the shop and he, right. he doesn't he, he doesn't know. But then I think it forces people to kind of talk from their butt right? just to fill in the, the, the space. And then people catch on and call you out and be like, you, you actually don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then on the other side of it is you, you worry, you have this anxiety of what you're going to say in a public space. And if you're going to be ridiculed for oh. it or if somebody's going to have a different opinion, Dude. you sit there looking at Instagram, trying to come up with a response and you're going, oh, man. I, I was what a if magaz- somebody says this, this, well, yeah, that, this, I was this, a magazine that. guy for 20 plus years. There will be people who will tag me, I'll answer, and there's times where I'll go back and edit it, not because I don't think my answer is wrong, but because it wasn't clear or could be misconstrued. I'm like, oh, I don't. that's not how I wanted to say that. Right. Um, and it's hard because I, I constantly second guess my – and there's been plenty of times where I said something, somebody goes, oh, no, that blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, you're right. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, ad- admitting the mistake and being able to change it. You never stop learning in this industry. I agree. Ever. I agree. And, and, you know, we've really been trying to focus on some of our blog posts on our website. And this is a big thing that came up, biodiesel, right? 20 times a day I get phone calls from customers. Hey, where can I go get regular diesel number two? Because here in SoCal, especially Orange County, about, what, a year ago or so? All of the pumps basically 90, have some bio in it. 90, about 90%. Yeah. yeah and, and it's so hard to find straight diesel. Now it's even B20 or more. And it'll say on there, renewable diesel. Right. So there is a difference from biodiesel to renewable, two yep. totally different fuels. Yep. So we got the phone call all the time. So literally for, I think, probably three and a half weeks, I did nothing but research biodiesel. Yeah. And wrote a huge blog post about it on our website to try to give customers my unbiased opinion from the research I did. This might not be the same for everybody, but this is the information I found. Yeah. These are the customers that might benefit from it. And these are the people that maybe you should try not to use it. Or it's not a good product to use in this Or, Or by the way, aspect. where we live at the coast, where the weather is really mild, you don't have to worry about gelling right. and it's not super right. hot. You don't have to worry about algae right. and right. you don't have to worry about on and on and on. You might be okay with it. But yeah, I and think, we drive our trucks. Yeah. And I think people are sensitive because diesel in general over the years yeah. has started to get a, a reputation for being fragile. For sure. And so they don't want to put anything they don't know about. Now, for the sure. person who lives up in the mountains or the person who lives out in the hot desert, they may not want to touch the stuff. Right. But for daily driving around town here, it's right. probably okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I agree. Our audience is listening along going, <laughs> I don't know the answer. So what up, Nick? The answer is if you have construction equipment or a motorhome, try not to use it. 
don't put it in things that are going to sit, sit for an extended yeah. period of time. Because it will grow algae? Correct. Okay. But so can regular diesel fuel. Sure. This isn't a new thing to the industry. If you live in cold climates, make sure you're running a winter additive. We should be doing that anyways. Going to Mammoth, you're going to any cold climate, you should run a winter fuel additive. Even though they say most diesel fuels winterize, if you're buying fuel there, Look at your dually. How many gallons did it hold? 110 gallons? Yeah, we had uh, 99 gallons on okay. board. Yeah. So you take that to Mammoth, you, you're not getting winterized fuel. You got fuel that you got in Orange County or LA County. Exactly. For the other customers, it's running like a biocide additive. You know, Diesel Clean makes one yeah. specifically for biodiesel. Now, what about the time when I actually wanted algae and I sucked up water at a crappy U.S. fuel station and then I well, had it sounded to... like to me that that was mission accomplished. <laughs> oh, you got exactly what you're looking I, for. Didn't yeah, you and yeah. I don't? Did you and I speak back then when it was like? So I filled up. I was Were running you on the late. Five? To, no, I wasn't, dude. I was. I think I filled up actually over by banks somewhere before uh-huh. this is before I worked there, and I built the rock crusher, the big dually, mm-hmm. and I sucked up water at a gas station and yeah. didn't know it, and it oh, conked sure. out on the on the freeway, started, and uh, I called Gail and said. Here's, um, sorry to bother you, and because I didn't know him all that well at that time. Right. I said, uh, my truck's doing this. And he goes, do you think you have water in your fuel? I'm like, it's possible. He goes, don't drive it. Flatbedded back here. Yeah. It destroyed all eight injectors, yeah. the f- high-pressure fuel pump, yeah. the fuel lines. We had to drop the 65-gallon Titan tank and the six and the 33-gallon Titan tank. Yeah, the spare tire tank. The spare tire yeah. tank. And we had to clean them all out. And we, you know what we found? Algae. Really? Algae. So it's been in there for, for some time. And, the, you know, that's a big thing we I try to tell customers in general. If you're fueling up, go to the place where all the diesel trucks go. Yeah, exactly. Because A, they trust it. Yep. And B, they're probably getting a fresh load of fuel every couple of days. Blowing through it. Yeah. Right. You don't want to be getting fuel from tanks that have been sitting. Yeah. Or that the, the corner gas station where diesel's super expensive and then you have like 10 miles to <laughs> right. empty so you risk it and you're like, oh, yeah. okay, I'll just go with these guys. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, uh-oh. There's a lot that goes into fuel and, and the quality of fuel and, and those sort of things. Biodiesel, if you've never used it and you use it, replace your fuel filter after your first tank. And that's it. That's it. That's it. I mean, that seems pretty simple. Yeah. It's basically like a degreaser. It's going to act as yeah. It's going to push everything through. Yep. And you hope you have a good filter on there. Yeah, that'll catch sure. It's not for as sure. bad as running gasoline, which will destroy oh, everything. Right. Late, late. I know what happens all. <laughs> uh, well, can I guess? Can I guess? Of course you can. How often? It, it's got to be happening with the fifteen hundreds because a lot of new diesel owners I find are buying the fifteen hundreds because they're a a little less expensive. Right. And b they don't need all that truck. Right. So they're buying something that's fifteen twenty thousand dollars less. They're getting a three a three liter, yep. whether it's the Ram or the Duramax, yeah. or maybe it's the smaller little right. two eights, right? Or the yeah. Colorado, yeah. right? Or the, or the Ford that didn't go anywhere for right. a minute, right? Is, Unfortunately, yeah. Are those the people that are coming, or is it happening to everyone? No, I think it's happening to everyone. I was going to say it's the uh, the SUVs, the German cars, right? Where you swapped over from a Mercedes to a diesel Mercedes or something like that, mm. and boom, because I've seen that a ton. Yeah, I, that's not really the market we service, yeah. so I can't speak to that. We do get gasoline contamination probably two or three times a month. And it's probably the guy who loaned his truck out to a buddy, right? Or a worker that wasn't paying attention or somebody Mm. that just has a lot going on in their life. But the most common lately has been DEF fluid in the gas. I've heard that. Especially with Chevy. You know, for years, Chevy had the DEF fluid in the engine. Under the hood, People complained. Yeah. Oh, I hate this Right, so they moved it to the door. And now guess what? 
everybody's putting but it you in. really oh have God. to try because the def opening is it's so tiny. tiny and the little cap on it they do it every, anyway every every time literally last week i had one <sighs> the week before that i had one so the is it worse than gasoline two. what does it do when it's in yes there? it's got a crystallized yeah, that's, that's what i'm getting at fluids exposed to oxygen it crystallizes Boom. so your tank was full once we start to if you're the customer that's like oh, i'm not going to take it to the shop i'm going to try to do it myself they suck it out uh, all that's all over the sending unit inside the yeah. tank. Yeah, oh, well, it, it crystallizes mean, quickly. I was, you know, I drive cross country a few times a year, and uh, the last time I had a diesel truck and I did that, pulled up to the pilot, and I'm like, you know, all the consumer spots were taken, so I just pulled up yeah. with the truckers and go to fill up, and I pulled out the DEF because I had like, you know, oh, you yeah, starting to get the warnings, hundred miles till yeah, your yeah. engine shuts Which down. Which is what that means you were low. Yeah, well, I was really low. <laughs> and I pulled out, and the it looked like the entire hose for the DF because it wasn't the blue def in a in a box. I wanted to yeah, just it was do at it the pump. It was looked like an ice storm had frozen it the whole yep. thing over. It yeah. was everywhere. It was on the ground. It was dripping all over the it's outside. It's like that at oh, all of them. It's yeah, so yeah. bad. I go across the yeah. country. Yeah, it's, so bad. It's. It's is it safe to nasty. assume that every one of our listeners understands diesel exhaust fluid, what it is? I would hope so. It's urea. Yeah, it's pig, so it's, well. right. it's, it's pig urine, urine, basically. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, isn't it? No, a lot of it is real pig urine that they're capturing, isn't I it? I don't know that it's, it's pig urea. urine. Yeah. It's urea, but it's... Yeah, I think they've kind synthesized of... Synthesized it. Yes. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, before in the early stages, for sure it was. So DEF fluid contamination, probably the most common type of contamination we're seeing in some of these trucks that have... You know, CP4 pumps, the Super Duties and the Powers and the Duramaxes, it's even worse for them. Ugh, so, so you're bad. running it through a CP4. And the CP4 is, is already so, having problems. Yeah, it's, a it's, time bomb. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Dodge just put them in their new trucks. Go figure. Mm. Well, well, I heard they're taking them out on some of the recalled ones. They're getting CP3s in there now. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then we got to talk to uh, the guys at SNS Diesel because they've they've got their bulletproof kits. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it's funny. Well. It, it reminds me of the time that I was at the uh, Cummins factory, and there was a like pallet rack on the ground next to where the uh, the fuel pump installation part was, and blocks are coming down. They're grabbing the pumps and they're bolting them on, and it was hundreds in like a big cube right oh, in front of goodness. me, and I'm going. If I could just take that home and just leave it in the garage, yeah. I will be rich yeah. in yes. a few years. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, SNS Diesel. First thing I did when I got my Ford Six Seven, literally the first day, put a bypass kit on. I wasn't taking any chance. Brand new? What year? Uh, no, twenty sixteen. Okay, sixteen. Yeah, yeah. So I got it years ago. Okay, but it was still the first thing I did, and I tell customers that. Now, let me ask you this. So being inside, and this is great because I was going to ask you some of the things. Like what the main question I wanted to ask you was like. What are the most common problems? But we're getting to all these, yeah, which is yeah, great. So yeah. with the CP4, the CP4 in like the eco diesels, mm -hmm. the lift pump was really fragile. From right. what I understand, I could be wrong, but yeah. I believe that the lift pump was fragile. Mm -hmm. And the lift pump would die right. and then send air up the line. Right. Create okay. a fuel starvation. Right. Fuel starvation. Yeah. And the CP4 pump relied on the fuel to lubricate it. Correct. Right. Correct. Okay. So as soon as it goes... I don't know how long, a couple of seconds, half a minute, I mean, yeah, whatever. It, with can, it, it can be that fast. Really or a fast. Longer, right. And it's running out of, it, it's not able to lubricate itself. Right. It, it grenades from the inside out. Yep. And it sends shrapnel into the rest of the fuel system. Yep. Yeah. Plugs the injectors instantly well, full of metal. And I mean, it's everything downstream. Yep. So like when you have a pump failure, so the Jeeps had it, right, the Eco right. Diesels and the Rams had yeah. it, um, it would... Like to Lightning's point, grenades and shrapnel, but it wasn't like 
it diesel's sticky and metal particles like to stay suspended in it. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do. It goes down the fuel rail, the injectors, mm-hmm. it goes everywhere. Back in the tank. I I had a friend who had one go in a gladiator. Uh-huh. They have to take the whole cab off of the truck, just like a super duty, because <laughs> it's uh I think it's a hot V on that, right? It's on the back side of the engine. Yep. And they had to do everything downstream of the pump, which included all the high pressure fuel rails, the injectors. He said that the bill, if he would have been charged, was like twenty one thousand wow. dollars from the dealer for the warranty work. That's crazy. I mean, that's that's like in that's that's a nice new you know used car. Or truck. I agree. Yeah, for the Duramaxes and Power Strokes, we see anywhere from ten to fourteen thousand for the repair as the truck comes in. But we do it different than the dealer does, than even other repair shops do. We have a different process, and the one thing I see them consistently miss is fuel sending units. Mm. They never replace them. They never clean them. I had a customer with a Duramax that was going through a lemon law lawsuit against Chevy. Had the fuel system replaced three times in 14,000 miles. Two of the times, the truck never left the dealer. Finally, after being at the dealer for a year and a half, he towed it over. He's like, hey, I need help. Pulled a fuel sample. There's metal in your fuel. He goes, they just did it. I said, I don't know what to tell you, but... I can't go off of what they did. Yeah. I can go off right. of what, what I see. What you know, yeah. There's yeah. metal in the fuel, and we have to do it our way. Pull the fuel sending unit out, and you know, have you ever seen a fuel sending unit? If you look at the top view, yeah, just there's so many cracks and crevices. Sure. If you don't replace it, how are you going to get the metal out? Yeah. It's impossible. I wonder, are they just being lazy, or it's just part, not part so, of the protocol? So is but that yeah, from, it's probably just not part of their protocol. Is that from the return pump? Yeah. Sending yep. basically contaminated fuel right back into yep. the fuel tank. Yep. Because I guess you don't even think about that. And they've right. all got returns, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, every single, it's, it's for yeah, those If you're people, not using it, it goes yeah, right well, back well, in the tank. I think for a lot of people yeah. that don't wrench on cars, because i got to be honest, when I started, I didn't know that much about engines and how they you know, how they truly worked. And I didn't know that they all had returns. Right. I just assumed all the fuel got pushed into the, into the, into the cylinder and it, that's where it burnt up and came out as exhaust. Right. I didn't realize that it, it made yeah. a, uh, you know, a full circle back yeah. to the tank again. Yeah. 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 Make, you know, call me an idiot, but I didn't no, know. No, no, and, no. And, um. Yeah, that makes perfect sense that that metals, that shrapnel is any right yeah. back in the yep. tank. Yeah. And then you start all over again. Yep. So yeah. all that labor and all that work just... So yeah. now I don't hear it happening in the Duramaxes as much because they were... they compared held out to... Compared to the Rams. But the, the lighter duty ones, like the 1500s, you mean? Yeah, so I started talking about the 1500s. But you're seeing it in, in the 25 and 3500s the most. Yes. Right? right. All and the HDs. Obviously, Chevy did the best going L5P and completely ditching Bosch with the fuel system. So, right. You know, that's not a concern for Chevy anymore. But we don't see it very much in the 1500s, and our customer base for light-duty diesels is, is very small. So I have a question. I'm reading up on the forums. I'm in Facebook groups, especially in the Jeep groups, the Ram groups, so all the eco-diesel stuff. Yeah. And the big question is... Do I put additives in my fuel system? There's like people doing impromptu polls where they're like 50 people. <laughs> so-and-so has this many miles and so-and-so has this many miles. And this is where this failure is. This is where oh, this, trying to alleviate try, the CP4 pump failure. Well, trying to figure yeah. out. Exactly. So right. trying to figure out, is there a hot spot in the country? What's, what's the, you know, is it low sulfur diesel? Is right. it, what's causing it? Right. When it's the pump design itself. And all these people are saying, well, I've been using XYZ diesel additive. And mine is, I'm at 80,000 miles. Right. And I'm fine. Yeah. But what people don't realize is A, the, the design's bad. Of course. And B, 
somebody at 80,000 miles and everybody else has 30 probably means they're steady state on the freeway. Yep. And that pump isn't going through variable start stop of loading and Correct. setting fuel to the engine. Right. So somebody with 30 miles or 30,000 miles who's been commuting who is doing 20 miles a day, if that, yeah. there's a lot more wear on that pump sure. than somebody who's doing 80,000. So they're trying to extrapolate out of that, oh, well, the mileage is the difference, but it's not. Honestly, why even have the conversation? You know it's a problem. Mm-hmm. There's lots of information out there, right? Bosch released SCAR ratings in ultra-low sulfurs too low for the CP4 pump. This pump will not work in a North America market. Oh, Manufacturer said, we don't care. Hmm. We're going to use it. Is that why, uh, I guess, Stellantis went back to CP3 on some of the warranty stuff, or is that just because that was available? I don't know. I'm not sure. I would imagine. Because I, I, that was my understanding, is some of the trucks were being replaced in warranty within, with the old CP3 right. style so pump. You, you, so Eddie's life, uh, he's one of our friends down in North uh, East San Diego. Uh-huh. He bought a brand new, this was in 2021, 20, 22. As soon as he bought it, he got the recall notice. A RAM. A Ram, sorry. Yeah. Yes, 2500, 3500. 2500. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Actually, no, it's a 3500. Okay. Well, same thing. So, yeah, yeah. HD versus light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. anyway, yes. Cummins versus. He bought himself the CP3, put it in himself, right and then charged Ram for it. Oh, wow. And, and, they're oh, like, and they'll pay you back. And they did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they awesome. paid him back. Yeah, for no, it. They, yeah. they said uh, as part of the recall, um, there's that, and there's another recall uh, that happened, maybe the heater grid. Where they said if if you can document that you had the dealer do this deal and that's what got you on the road, blah blah blah, we'll reimburse you. Oh, Send great. it to these yeah. people. So yeah, fuel additives help. You know, increasing cetane is increasing lubrication. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's going to help, but every moving part fails. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. So when did you start doing the CP four to CP three conversions? As soon as it became carb legal. So was that really oh, a carb issue? Yeah. It's a fuel system. Oh, don't get me started. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. All it is is a pump that's pushing fuel down the line. It's, he, it's amazing that that's an issue. If we're going to talk about one of the biggest problems right now, yeah. it's that. Oh, for I, sure. I've Carb. Le- California yes, Air Resource yes. Board. Because Late. there's no spirit of the law. There's only letter of the law. Right. So they enforce stupid things that don't... Okay, for perfect example for those of you who don't live in California, this will be our, our section of the uh, podcast for California pompousness. If you put in... A let's, <laughs> this is one of the reason number nine hundred ninety four why you guys hate California. Yeah, right. Exactly. Let's say you have a two thousand and five whatever. Yeah. And you put in a nineteen ninety nine whatever engine swap, and that engine is cleaner than what you took out. It is still illegal in California. You have to do with the same year or newer with whatever emissions equipment that engine had on it. Right. You can't take a cleaner older engine and do the swap. And you're going, but I thought the whole point of this was to lower my emissions. Yep. And this is, oh, no, no, I can't do that. And that's where I get into this thing where it's it's asinine. I agree. And some of the rules because they're so stupid. I agree. I wish we could sit down and come up with something that, that is actually beneficial like you for could, everybody. You could have, uh, get, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you could have two identical Cummins engines. Yep. So you could have, let's, let's just call it for, you know, the sake of argument, you had a 2011 Cummins truck came mm-hmm. in, it, it blew the engine, mm-hmm. and you've got a perfectly good 2010 donor, mm-hmm. and you can't swap those in California. You can probably do the block, but right? It, but you, can't, you the whole system it, buy it depends. I guess it depends if you're going used. Yeah. If we're buying a, like a new remanufactured sure. long block, they're going to cover five years. Yeah. So there's there's not much saying that, and thankfully, thankfully, yeah, not I haven't seen a car being enforced for <laughs> engine replacements. Yeah. yeah. But 
something so simple, right? Direct Six. replacement, no, they have not been. Um, but if you go to a junkyard, they don't police and, that. And you're going to go pull right. something. Right. It's got to be the same year right. or or new. Can't but get used. They, they don't. Can't get used cats. Can't get used DPS. Yeah. Those sort of things. Yeah, they don't like swaps. Yeah, no. so they don't like just a swap for the unless, sake of unless swap. it's EV. <laughs> then then they True. love you. The latest thing I've been coming across is. For six O's, right? When we do bulletproofing, you know, a term I'm sure uh, Alex, right? Power Stroke Tech from a couple episodes ago. A Rod? A Rod. A Rod. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he even said it like, oh, I'd rather have a six O than a six four, right? So when we do six O bulletproofing, most of the time we're doing an engine reseal and replacing the lifters. If the six O is going to have a catastrophic failure, most of the time it's coming from the lifters. Now, most of the companies that made lifters, we're talking mall. We're talking like good companies, power stroke products. Yeah. These companies are known providing you an OEM quality, OEM like part or better mm. or better. Oh, you're about to tell me that they don't have carb. Yep. EOs. I can't get them uh, literally. So just, we've talked about ago. it before. So it's called, it's an EO executive order. And this means that carb, they don't certify anything carb. They just say it meets our emissions standards, right. our minimum standards that we have set in the state. And so they, they do their testing and they hand you a certificate and a CARB EO number, yep. and that's associated with a part. Right. And that might take as much as $25,000 to get that. And, right. and I think that's where so there's a the lot biggest of problem is. There's a lot of companies out there who have engineered their part to be CARB compliant, but don't have the money for the testing and therefore can't sell it. Yep. Now, if magically the, you know, the, uh, the revenue fairy came and sprinkled some carb Benjamins on them and they could go do it, their part would pass. Right. But because they don't have the extortion money, I mean, they don't have the fee <laughs> that it would take to get it right. certified, even though that part being in there has nothing to do with emissions, doesn't right. change emissions. If it's not EO'd, yeah. you're, you're out of luck. And I think the thing is, if it's a cash grab for CARB, just add the tax to our registration. All of us will gladly pay. See, I don't think it's a cash grab. (laughs) I got to be honest, guys, being on this side of it, I don't see it as a cash grab. I see it as they they just are in no hurry to help the industry. No, to help the aftermarket. Right. Not even that, to help the industry. No, I disagree. Because they're not, they, they, CARB doesn't have it, CARB doesn't. Other than whatever California emissions are for the vehicle rolling off the assembly line, yeah, they they don't really have the focus on the thing that stymies all of us is all the aftermarket parts, not but the, the not the OE parts. Right. They're, they're, no, they're they're almost it's almost to a point right now we're going to go back to that forty nine state thing. Remember that when we were kids, you could buy a forty nine oh, yeah, state federal car, trucks. yeah, you could buy a forty nine state vehicle trucks, or right. a California right. emissions compliant vehicle. Right. Which we right? still see. My, I had a motorcycle that was. That was 49th state. I had to buy it in Arizona and bring it in, mm-hmm. right, with an Arizona plate on. Yeah. And as, as so many people did back you then. You sure you want to uh, say that out loud? It's, I mean, statute limitations over, right? I, you hope. I would just like parts that aren't affecting the emissions of the truck to be available. And I'm just trying to give the customer the best repair yeah. I can give exactly. them to help them have their money go the furthest. Let me help the customer. I'm not trying to do DPF deletes, I'm not trying to do EGR cooler deletes, I'm not trying to do any of these things. I'm just trying to fix their truck and get back and on the not road. Pay the crazy price that Ford charges for a set of lifters. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and that way it protects the the OEs. Yeah. and and it yeah. eliminates the like but part I, in the aftermarket. I don't think they're trying to protect the OEs. I don't. I don't but, think but the car that's, but that's is trying the, to protect the OEs. But I, that's not what I said. Number one, number two. I don't think the whether they are or they aren't. That's the unintended uh, you know consequence of it. I think the people at CARB are doing what they believe is good. I believe that they're trying to keep our skies 
blue. Oh, no, no. I'm, okay. I, no, but, nobody's but, but arguing Lightning, that. I agree with you 100%. But I think that they're, they, they're, they would be okay. There was a time that there were motorsports enthusiasts at CARB. There really were back in right. the 80s right. and early 90s. From well, what and I now stand. they're working with SEMA. Where's, and, and where's so SEMA and in Now this? I think that there are a lot of people that are just there that are trying to clean up the environment. And they'd be okay if everyone rode a bicycle and <laughs> had electric cars. Well, we can't do that here. Unless you want to get run over. I, I, I don't, <laughs> so I, I don't know. How, how did it get to where it is now? Like, every, it's, it's so hard to make parts legally. You know, I heard a story once. Um, Bulletproof Diesel was trying to get their Cummins 670 jar coolers passed, right? Part of the thing was you had to test their product up against two OE products, the same product. And that's how they did the testing. This was... 2011 or 12 when this happened. Okay. The story I heard was during the testing, the Bulletproof Diesel EGR cooler outperformed the two OE Mopar EGR coolers. One of the EGR coolers didn't even pass. I'm not Mm -hmm. surprised. Where's the accountability for Mopar during that? So I'm sure there wasn't any, I don't know if this is a secret or not, but... In when you receive <laughs> when you receive an EO, part of the agreement that you have as you publicize that EO number for your part as an aftermarket parts manufacturer is you may not use the phrase exceeds or is better than right that uh, we so if we make a part at banks. Mm-hmm. That is, that is better at, at preventing emissions. Mm-hmm. It's cleaner than an OE. Right. We are not emissions. permitted to say that. Yeah. That states it's like in writing. Right. Which I understand. But that goes back. Stupid, to, I, but I, 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 I don't know that I that understand goes back it to either. What Sean's saying is protecting I, the OEs, right? Yeah. Lightning just proved your right, point. I Hit the bell. So. I I don't know. He caught, he caught himself no, in no, his own no, trap, no, and now no, 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 he's no, going to no, lightning no. himself out of it. I don't know. I don't think it's protecting OEs. I think it's protecting. The people at CARB who set the standard for the OEs, because if we're able to beat that standard, it makes CARB look bad for setting a standard that could be beaten. Well, or they could look at it and go, wow, everybody should have this part because it's actually better than what we certified. But was it CARB that set the standard or was it the EPA that set the standard? If it's, it's in California, like that, an EGR if, if it's in California, then it's CARB. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's they carry a lot of weight, my friend. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Way too much. I mean, that's again, that's why everyone points to We love their our finger. friendly visits from the EPA. Uh, oh, I'm so sure let's you talk do. about that. Let's talk <laughs> so everyone talks about the EPA because the the EPA will go out with Department of Justice, right? And they don't they go like to a, a person uh, an officer of the EPA. It's not really an officer, so it's an EPA personnel official. Official. Yeah. And then because they don't really have the authority to police shops and such, mm-hmm. they have to go out with a DOJ person. Is that correct? I've never had, I've recently had, let's say, two EPA visits, right? Okay. It was multiple representatives from the EPA that showed up both times. I think it was the first time it was four, and the last time it was three. 
did they look like EPA folk or were they wearing flip flops? Kind of unassuming. I, I mean, did they pull up in a truck and go, "Hey, bro, no. how can I get deleted?" <laughs> no. So no. check it out. Like I have ha- I've heard of heard accounts uh-huh. where they roll up with two dudes in mm-hmm. flip flops with a deleted truck, mm-hmm. rolling coal, mm-hmm. and they ask, you know, where where can we get a delete done mm-hmm. or where can we get a turbo system, whatever. And then they come back later and they show the badge. Honestly. So they show up. What happens? Hi, we're from the EPA. Can we speak to your manager, please? And, you and say, you're the manager? I'm like, hold on one second. And then you turn your hat around and you spin Just back around. Sure, right, right, right. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's pretty simple. Really, they're, they're looking for us actively deleting trucks, right? Which, of course, Which we're not you, doing. You guys aren't doing, no. and you're like, no. You're like, we don't even have a container of old ones back there. No, like, right. We have nothing. Right, right. Walk right. walk around. Yeah. Like, because yeah. you know how it is. Here, oh, dude, you get- 100,000 bucks each time? Well, it's, a, it's one thing if you get caught in Utah, right. and you get a big fine, or you right. get caught tuning in Louisiana. Well, right. Dude, you are a shop actively doing that that has mm-hmm. a business license in Southern California under one of the AQMD and yeah. so carbon. You, you, done. Yeah, dude, done. Nick, you and I know a shop in Murfreesboro. That was uh, <laughs> notoriously deleting yeah. hundreds was, and hundreds yeah, of trucks. They were right. Was they had the main shop that mm-hmm. they were doing all the repairs? Right. You come in with your right. you know farm truck, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then they had a sh- a- another unit, a twelve hundred square foot unit yeah. or something around the corner with where, a dyno, with a dyno, and yep. where you wanted to get your stuff done, and uh-huh. it was no no address, no sign, and that's where they did yeah. Yeah. that practice. Yeah. And they got hammered. Yeah. They got hammered. Now they didn't fully get busted because they the shop shut down and the owner passed away. Oof. Well, the same thing happened. Think, look at Idaho Rob, right? Yeah. Revolutionary for EFI Live. Changed the game of tuning for diesel trucks. EPA went after him. He's like, I've made enough money. Yep. I'm Goodbye. Out. And see I live in Idaho. Yeah. I like see you later. <laughs> and a couple and, of those guys have done that. That's been the thing is that I think as they're selling. Well, you're selling air. Well, you're they're selling air, right? Yeah. They're selling someone else a tune or who knows yeah. what. Well, except got, that right? Rob, he was he did he, it. He was right. legit. But right. a lot of the guys were selling other people's tunes and stuff right. like that, making a ton of money. Oh. drug money, like oh, crazy yeah, drug yeah, money, yeah. right? Six hundred bucks. And so, bucks. and For, they're putting half of that off as legal funds, right? If they're smart, yeah. right? They're going. I'm going to get busted, and when I do, this is how yeah. I'm going to pay my attorney, right? Right. I think a lot of guys were doing that or are doing that now. Yeah, and and for us, the Good it's luck. easy, right? Most tuning right now, you have to get out of the country. Most of the places are in Canada, right? right? That's inevitable. That's what you can see right now. EPA comes in, they go through your shop. We have, let's say, four deleted trucks in the parking lot. We didn't delete them. Yeah. They're a customer. We talk to them and they, we say, what's the rule? We're doing a tranny on a 2014 Ram 68 RFE. <laughs> they all die, don't they? Yeah. yeah. It's only a matter of <laughs> Especially when they're tuned. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they just blow head gaskets too because the and tuners right. just don't know what they're doing. Which is a joke because there's only one. Anyway. Uh, head gasket, sorry. <laughs> Their answer is, if you had to take the exhaust off to get the transmission out and you put the deleted exhaust back in, you are just as guilty as deleting the emissions from the chuck and you would be fined. Interesting. The EPA agent pulled, <laughs> That's out, rough. pulls out his laptop, goes to plug it into the truck. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Can I they go, do that without a, a warrant? I said, are you allowed to do that without a warrant? And they go, yeah. So, so, so. They go, hold on. Let me call. Let me call our lawyer. Yeah, no kidding. I'd be like, get the f off my property right now. Right. Lawyer goes, it's a federal agency. I don't think they would risk breaking their own law. I don't know. 
So what they did, here's what I, here's what I asked. So, I he go, went so what to, happens? So he went to go plug his laptop into the OBD port. Right, plugged it in. Okay. And they try to take a copy of the, right. the ECM profile, sure. right? Which is locked. You're, you're yeah. not going to see anything. You know, any good tuner locks their tunes out. Yeah. You can't see anything. I said, so what happens? Their answer was CHP will eventually catch them. So. Why? Because they're going to flag their VIN and their license plate in the system? That was unclear. No, yeah, I guarantee That is wow. unclear. I guarantee wow. you. Without, without plugging in, I mean, any of us can walk by any car, take a picture yeah. of the license plate, type it into Google, yeah. and we can get the VIN number. That's, sure. you know. And they can do the reverse VIN decoding is easy, mm-hmm. right? So that's, but that's what I thought. Hey, is this going into some CHP database where yep. they're going to go, this truck is deleted? I've heard a lot of customers, especially driving on the 10, right by Blythe, getting yep. stopped. Yep. And their truck gets impounded. And um, it, at that point, I just don't think it's worth it. Right? Now, Blythe, well, I've been telling people forever. I'm like, just even some of our friends who are tuning, the fact that they are doing emissions on yeah. really good, really drivable tunes. Right. The trucks are coming from the factory with a thousand pound feet of torque. I know. I mean, what more do you want? I, I, I'm not going to say better, this, better, no, better right. throttle response, no, right? Lightning. No, no, no. You I'm know not, what they want. They don't want to put def. They don't want to get their crystallized I'm crap not, all over the. That's what I'm they not, want. I'm not going to say there's too much horsepower and too much torque. Right. But the stuff that you're getting, like for me, I would want to swap out hard parts to make it more reliable. For sure. It's not about I power agree. for me yeah, anymore. Trucks, you know. Maybe drivability from you know a pedal monster or yes, something like that for tipping and things right. like that. That's but, the the number one. But with VGT we hear. turbos, with the amount of power that's coming, with how stout the trannies are these days, yeah. all that stuff. It's just like, but, dude, are you ri- going to risk having your hundred thousand dollar truck taken from you, and then you're guilty of a felony? Yeah. Because you wanted a hundred more horsepower. Yeah. I mean, okay, straight, I got to run my straight pipe sound. I got to run my idea <laughs> past you though, Nick. I, uh, here's why I think it happened, or why it's happening today. Why so many guys on all the groups are like, delete, delete, delete. You know, they have that little uh, that Mexico uh, that meme, which is it's the finger <laughs> pushing the delete button, right? Right. Delete, right. delete, delete, delete. Okay, you see it on all the diesel groups. I believe that those guys had LMLs and LMMs, right? All the first gen, yes, and all the first gen of the Fords, the Duramaxes, and the Rams in the teens when those engines were just band-aided. They had to put emissions equipment on them, and they didn't really have any other solutions. And those engines weren't designed for them, nor was the truck. Right. Right? They were like, I mean, there's a particular year, like, 08 and a half, somewhere, mm-hmm. they added in the LMM an EGR cooler line, and you can see where GM actually drilled and tapped into the oil cooler yeah. a, a line that wasn't there Six months prior, and eventually, they like a year later, they uh, cast it into the oil cooler. Like right. you can tell that they were in a rush to yeah. apply a lot of these emissions Emission equipment standards. So right. what what I'm getting at is that you have tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of American men. <laughs> they got America. They got hosed by these failing systems yeah. in the teens. Yeah. So here they are. They get some more money. Yeah. It's now twenty. 2017, 18, Well, this 19, goes back 20. to my point of people and having the perception that diesels are fragile. Well, right. so, so now they buy a brand new truck and they immediately want to delete it because they think that death is, the is devil. awful. Right. They think it's the devil. They think that the, the uh, DPF, the diesel particulate filter, is the devil. Right. And they it might never break on them. They right. might get to 250,000 yeah. miles or sell the truck right. with, 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 be it problem-free, yeah. but they, they don't like the feeling because they had such an awful experience 
back in 2012 right. with their Duramax right. or something. It, well, especially with the ones with, e, you know, EGR cooler bypass valves at 16 hours labor to replace. Oh. Hmm. So what else is around there that you would replace? You're like, because I, I know how shops are. You're like, listen, this is going to be 16 hours, but while we're in there, and it's an upsell for you, but if there's something that you can do preventative to swap well, a bar, what's, what's in there? I wanted him to answer my question first. Do you think that that's the, the guy? Do you think that that guy who got burned is now the guy with the 2022 truck that immediately wants to do it? I think it's it? a mix. I think it's that guy, and I think it's the guy that's been taught that's what you need to do to have the best performing truck, and that's not the case. Yeah, I think it's complicated. I don't yeah. think it's as simple I, as I that I don't think guy. you can put the same guy in one box, but spend $2,500 when your DPF goes bad or spend 7000 on your tranny that you blew up from bad tunes. Who's the winner? Yeah, right? I mean, honestly. All right, so you're going to 16 hours of labor to do a oil check e valve. Or or valve. Okay, so yeah. what else is in there that you would replace? If you're going by the book, you're pulling the tranny out, you're doing a rear main seal, you're doing all this. For us, we're not charging the customer yeah. 16 hours. Yeah. You know, that's not how we built the name that, yeah, yeah. And all the things that Lightning described when he introduced long, me. It's a long time on a uh, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, EGR coolers, things like that. You know, if it's in the area and it's known to fail, you should be replacing it every time, 100% yeah. of the time. You know how many stories I've heard? Huntington Beach Ford. Mm -hmm. I had a lady, you know, mid 60s, come into the shop in tears. She had a 6.4. Just left the dealer getting EGR coolers. Mm -hmm. Literally from Huntington Beach Ford, one and a half miles to my shop, mm -hmm. wrench light came back on and it went into reduced power mode. <sighs> She's like, I just literally picked it up. I'm like, well, we're really busy, but let me just scan it. Let me see what yeah. it is, right? Let me tell you if you should be going, at least going back there yeah. or not, if it's under warranty at least. Yeah, sure. Oil cooler was restricted. Went into reduced power mode because oil temps. <laughs> Literally, how did Ford you... had the cab up to gain access to this EGR coolers, mm -hmm. the horizontal and vertical on the 6.4, mm -hmm. and didn't bother to do that. And on for... I'm not trying to say that they rip people off on purpose, <laughs> but... How do you not see that when you're diagnosing because an oil cooler doesn't just go bad overnight? Well, part Those of it, are the things we want to change the narrative on. The, the difference industry. between a lot of dealerships and an independent shop like yours these days is you still have mechanics. For sure. And a lot of the dealerships have parts replacers. Yeah, we don't have a 1-800 yeah. number to call for help either. And the, right, exactly. The tech line. My and, phone number. <laughs> yeah, and the and the techs or the parts replacers, they're, they scan it. They go through a list and it's a flow chart. It says, yeah. did this happen? Yes. Did this happen? No. Go to the next step. Right. And at the end of it, it says, here's the part numbers that replace. And you right. go to the parts department and on your you know, RO, you add those numbers mm -hmm. and they hand them to you. Mm -hmm. And you don't think about anything else because the machine didn't spit out anything right. else to do. Right. Like, where's the common sense? There's no, not even common sense. Where's the critical thinking skills? Yeah, Totally. That's something I think a, a, a big thing we're missing. Well, but does it, when you're at a dealership, and I haven't worked at one, it, when you're at a dealership, do critical thinking skills pay off? Is there a there reward? Used to be. I, mean, I, I would imagine so there when would I have at, to be critical thinking skills pay off in our industry. When I worked at Honda, Honda Accords uh, and Civics, the four cylinders and interference engine, which means that if your timing belt breaks and the engine freewheels, valves and pistons are coming together. Yeah. Because that's whether it was 60,000, 90,000, 110,000, depending on the year, whatever. When it would go for a water pump replacement or a timing belt, you do water pump, you do timing belt, and right. everything is part of the job because you're already in there. And it was, yeah. it was like, hey, it may cost you $100 more to have this done now, yeah. but it's going to cost you 
a thousand or twelve hundred right. later, right. if if the water pump goes bad yeah. and you were just in there changing your timing belt, yeah. right? So yeah. I mean, we would always do that kind of stuff when I worked at the Honda dealership. I may have worked at a certain Ford dealership and saw different <laughs> things. But I mean, this was thirty years ago, right? But and times I, are different. But I saw some stuff. Yeah, and I think let's change the narrative of of the perception of mechanic, right? Yeah. How often do people think of the word mechanic as a dirty, shady? Yeah. No, that's why it's tech. No, right. it's no, tech they're because we're we're well. using a, a a clean room and we're in ro- we're in white yeah. coats yeah. and all yeah. that. Well, the it, first before they even work on their on your vehicle, they plugged in a laptop. That right. is yeah. more techie than well, it is right. mechanic. And, and by the way, I'll, I'll say this: I don't. I'm not bashing line techs at a dealer because no. we've got plenty listening to the show yeah. who are very good techs for sure. There are great people out there. But it's not always. And if you're looking to move, give me a call or yeah. an email. <laughs> You've got to be burning through them, uh, right? It's hard. It's hard because how many guys work for buds and then go on to someplace else in the country and start their own shop? It's all happened, right? Uh, luckily, that's <laughs> literally all I can remember. A lot of graduates. Oh, one is one person. Oh, that's that did good. That. Yeah. Okay. Oh, really? And he didn't even open it in the same space as us. So. He bought a 1LE Camaro years ago when they first came out, mm-hmm. and he got into racing and Camaro stuff. But right. Other than that, you know, most of our techs have, have been with us for a while. Finding new ones is difficult. Why is it? Is it because you think that when kids are going, young men are, or women are going to school, they feel like they have to go into the tech sector now, that they don't want to, they don't want to get dirty? I think- Or they, they'll, they'll, they'll never get it's just wealthy like, or, or no, dude, it's, happy? It's just like, like the trades. Yeah. We've, we've told kids that the trades are bad right. and that you should go to college and get your yeah. you know thing in Byzantine studies and go be a docent at one of the you know four history museums that have that job. And then they get out there and go, well, I thought I was going to be rich. And you're like, yeah, yeah that job doesn't exist. All right. right. And we have linemen making a yeah. quarter million a year. Totally. You know, Our priorities are wrong in this country. We For got sure. to this point. And that starts in the education system. 100%. So let's not, you know. We forgot to tell we're gonna people. We're going to go down a rabbit hole. We forgot to tell people that there are other options other than a four-year university. For sure. You know what's and funny? is the problem. I, I was watching. So I'm on the TRX groups, as mm-hmm. you can imagine. And. Every once in a while, I would say once a week, actually, now I think about it, once a week, someone will go on there and say, how does everyone afford these trucks? <laughs> like, seriously, like, this For is sure. every penny I have. And it's like, I'm, and the guy, the last one said something about, like, I do hard drive, such and such. Like, he was actually in the tech space, but he was in Silicon Valley. Like, yeah. who knows what he did? Right. The guy started coming in, like, I'm in Texas. I work on oil derricks. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And yeah. like, I'm doing... Just shy of seven figures in yeah, the oil industry. Yeah. And the guy's like, oh, cra-, you know, and just, and he's like, I'm 27 years old making, you know, 400 grand a year yeah, in some, oil. Yeah, some of them are. Yep. For us, I think there's no, there's no training path for light duty diesel technicians, right? We have UTI, yep. but their diesel program isn't for light duty. Their diesel program's for, for big he- rigs. Heavy duty. Heavy yeah. duty. Mm-hmm. Right? If you want to go through one well, of the OE sponsored programs, guess what? You have to get hired at Ford first, yep. and then they're going to take you for two years on contract to yep. go through Asset, right? Yep. Asset's at Cerritos College locally to us. Um, and then you have to work at a Ford dealership or Ford Ford to pay basically back that education yeah, in years. the YG space. Right. Yeah, two years. Mm-hmm. So I think we're not – kids aren't getting exposed to the diesel industry. So my advice to anybody listening that wants to, if you're passionate, go to your local shop and say, look, this is what I want to do. How can you help me? If a kid walked in today and that said that, 
I would give him every single piece of reference and training material that I have access to. Ford, Chevy, Dodge. Here. Read this. Learn this. Also, here's a bucket and a mop. Come back and show me (laughs) that this is what you're passionate about. And I'll give you a job on the spot. You plug an IDS into a Ford and you can work your way around it. You've been 100% of the people that are graduating from UTI's diesel program. And you didn't waste $65,000 to go through the program. And that's the hard part. Even automotive programs in high schools and college. Yeah, right? Golden West has one. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the high schools have one. Santa Ana College They're all over the one. country. Huntington right. used to have one. Yeah. And then not so but much But still, more. we have no focus on light-duty diesels. And no. if it is, it's one class. Mm-hmm. You know, I was... It's like an introductory course. Yeah. yeah. That, this is diesel. Here's the difference. All right. Yeah. Now back to everything else we were going to talk about. Right. Yeah. How many customers come in and chat you up about the future of diesel? Hmm. <laughs> The future of diesel are asking me, am I not going to be able to register my truck in the state of California anymore? I mean, every, you know, what was the last one? It was like a Ford F-550 or something, right? Where the California said, you know, as of this year, you've got to get rid of your truck. The rule does not matter to anyone's personal trucks. Okay. And at no point is that something that we know of they're looking to do. It is strictly for vehicles over 14,500 GVRW and is used commercially. Yep. And if people would have read that letter years ago, they could have got a free truck out of it. How so? There was There's a program, right? There was, I think there was like 10 different things, 10 different groups had contributed something like $700 million to a fund to repurpose everybody's fleet. And there was a time limits to apply for it. Yeah. A lot of these It was people, like grant money. Yeah, it was grant money, basically. All of these people, if they wouldn't have just thrown those letters away, they kept getting <laughs> until it said, hey, you can't register your car anymore. They could have had a what? brand new truck. Right. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So that's the call I get all the time. People panicked. I have an F-250 and my friend says I can't register it anymore. Not true. No, not true. Okay. Also, your friend's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It, biodiesel bad. Yeah. That's the other one too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, emissions bad. DPF yeah. bad. Yeah. Biodiesel bad. <laughs> it's all bad. Clean air bad. Just give me, me, living no, 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 wait, give wait, me wait. your truck. Bud's Diesel, good. Yes. Bud's Diesel, good. Right. Uh, if you guys are uh, in the Orange County area or somewhere around, budsdiesel.com if you want to uh, get the uh, info. You guys are at uh, 15135 Jackson Street in Midway City, which uh, Midway City is an interesting spot. It's midway between somewhere and somewhere Huntington else. Beach and Westminster. And it, it actually is incorporated, isn't it? Unincorporated. It's unincorporated. No, it's part well, of the it's uh, like county. One square mile. It's weird. Mm-hmm. So, dude, thanks for uh, hanging yeah, out. No, the thanks pod for show. having me. Yeah, it's nice. Kind it's of a freewheeling. Rich normally, did a good job. We, normally we have a list of questions, but it was just very conversational. No, that's yeah, those are the best. The best ones with no structure. Yeah, I agree. At all. Like my I life. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> dude, well, thanks, seriously, guys. I appreciate. It. Yeah, for sure. Number two, you're our, uh, our only our like second it. person like to be it. sitting in here. Should with have us. been number one, but that's okay. Well, you know, no, I don't take it personal. You should. We talked about. Okay, I will. Let's blame lightning. Again? Yeah. Here comes home in the Fox News of truckness. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Wow.
What's the Fox <laughs> News or Truck News mean? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't even make sense. Well, I was going to say CNN, and then I, you ha- I know you hate CNN. So I had the well, very last second I news. swapped it up. And CNN's I know it's just opinions. Well, yeah, well, I mean, the problem is Fox is, well, you know, like no, that's 40, fine, but 40%. They're, but they're not pretending to be what they are. CNN still thinks they're a genuine, like, news site with real yeah. journalists which it's not well, if you true. want real news it's all about cnbc all right what you got no, <laughs> no it's definitely not right <laughs> you try to alienate all of our audience listen i'm I don't clearly care. joking listen if you're left or right it doesn't matter you all hate cnbc <laughs> that's, that's damn <laughs> Equally. right all right uh hey lighting did you hear i don't watch the news because i'm a kid now i have no See, idea that's the one that's funny you like the thing you played in the beginning and you're like did barry play the thing and it never gets old Fine, your thing in the be. I don't want the news. That's my that's my thing. That's never uh, that never gets old. So. I love I love tire air. Jake's tire air. Hey Eric, how much is tire air? Nineteen ninety nine. Twenty Uh Toyota has published a teaser image of the uh, upcoming Tacoma pickup truck, and uh, we've seen more and more of them out in public in uh, in the spy shots and things like that. And as a journalist uh, still in good standing within the uh, automotive media community, I can tell you that there is a chance that sometime in May there will be some more information. So what you're saying is that you have news that's under embargo. Yeah, I'm not sure how soon I'll be able to discuss it, but there is stuff uh, on the way. The teaser they dropped is a silhouette of the truck, so of course Mm -hmm. there's hardly any details. Did anyone brighten it up in Photoshop uh, like when GM dropped the uh, Hummer? I think think this one is a little too... uh, Low res and I, I haven't seen. I think people have learned. I think Toyota learned. But the, the, there's a lot of information. They already had to uh, put in a design patent, which had the design already. We've already talked about it. So I think people know what it's going to look like. The things that are kind of interesting is the engine choice. It probably won't have a V6 anymore. There'll probably be, be a couple of four-cylinder options, turbo uh, plus maybe a hybrid version. It'll be interesting to see. Will the new Tacoma live up to the hype of the current Tacoma, which is a crap-ass truck? (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel about it? I'm just saying. It's like in 2005, rad. (laughs) Yeah. In uh, in 2015, it's competitive. Yeah. Today? Not so much. Get your freaking new truck already. (laughs) I'm moving right along. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? (laughs) Nope. That one hasn't aged well. No, you want me to get rid of that one? I don't know. Just it's. Do you like this one? No! It's long. What are you talking about? <laughs> and it ends with a car crash. I don't know why. So apparently, uh, the Ford F one fifty Lightning recall. NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration, uh, has published some documents. That reveal the uh, the root cause of the fire that stopped production, and apparently the defect was uh, noticed when a F one fifty Lightning caught fire in a holding lot at Ford's factory. Oh, uh, that was on February fourth, and that caused obviously uh, Ford to uh, say, "Oh, hold on, hit the pause button." Uh, I think this is a third sad trombone I've had in this episode. <laughs> Production uh, resumed more than a month later on March 13th, uh, and Ford did say that it was related to the high-voltage battery, but they didn't really say anything about specific details. The 
recall was just for 18 units so it was like really small they they i don't know if they caught it in time so there just weren't a lot of vehicles out there whatever but apparently according to the nitsa uh, documents when the vehicle's high voltage battery is at a high state of charge the vehicle could experience an internal short circuit in the battery which could result in a fire and then continues on due to production process deviations at the supplier the cathode aluminum tabs may contact the anode electrode material in the turbo encabulator no just kidding uh, causing an internal short circuit when the high voltage battery cells are at a high state of charge so these battery packs were uh, made in Georgia by SK Battery America and uh, they were uh, manufactured uh, and uh, into uh, lightnings being assembled between January 20th and January 26th so uh, the affected 18 owners will be notified by Ford and sent to a nearby dealer where the entire battery pack will be replaced free of charge. So anyway, kind of uh, kind of interesting there to uh, to know what the issue was. I still don't have any idea what the problem was other than uh, bad battery. Sounds like it's shorting out in the anode and cathode touch. That's bad. Makes smoke. You ever hear about the famous smoke test? No. So when you're uh, working on uh, electrical and the smoke comes out, the test is complete. Got it. <laughs> hey, lighting, did you hear? No. Nope. The next generation Toyota 4Runner is expected in 2025 and will likely have uh, an all-electric model, which is of no surprise to anyone uh, and will probably share the same hybrid powertrain that's going to be in the uh, new Tacoma. Okay. So I don't think anybody uh, would... Uh, be surprised at any of that. So if you're waiting for a next-generation 4Runner, that's what you're going to get. If you uh, don't like that, go buy the current one, which was also available back in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Yeah. Uh, hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. No. Uh, the Jeep Cherokee is officially dead. Oh. Yeah. Well, we knew that was coming, right? I think so. I mean, we, we owned one of the uh, the second-gen of the newer uh, body style. And it was a good family car. My wife actually really liked it. Uh, but it says any potential next generation uh, will be announced, uh, quote unquote, in due course. So what's interesting is Jeep has uh, decided to uh, put its Belvedere, Illinois plant on idle status and will probably close the plant altogether, Ouch. which doesn't bode well for vehicles. However, here's what I'm thinking. Everybody's talking about, obviously, Stellantis moving hardcore into EVs. Jeep is making a big push into EVs. They recently showed that... Minus, hold on a second, minus the Dodge Demon 170. We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. That's not truck news, but we'll get there. So what I'm thinking is, uh, you know, with this big EV push, they announced the Recon Jeep electric vehicle. That was kind of like Wrangler-inspired panels came off. We think about it's kind of not really that far off from what a Cherokee could be. So does the production recon become the new Cherokee? I'm going to say yes. Hmm. I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to say yes. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? Nope. So there was a report that the uh, dealers for uh, Ram have been shown. Are you ready? Mm, Hold on a second. Ram dealers have been shown a the new straight six. No. Oh, uh, uh, a concept vehicle of what could be a new Dakota midsize pickup truck. This nice. was at the uh, closed door Ram dealership meeting in Las Vegas uh, this uh, past week. 
No images were allowed, but what we're hearing is that not Dakota's not being confirmed as a name, but it's slots there. It's uh, supposedly an all-electric truck, and apparently the dealers have gone mad crazy for it, saying it's incredibly good. But so this is a an electric Maverick fighter. Something like that. Ah. They should call it the Goose. No, they it's Maverick and no, Goose. Remember, it's probably midsize and not small though. Hmm. Maverick's more compact. It's more like Ranger, Chevy Colorado. Hmm. Anyway, um, according to a, uh, a dealership representative, a Ram is getting back in the midsize game. People seem to think that the concept truck that was shown is more than just a show vehicle. That it was, it's further along in development. But we are hearing across multiple sources that it is an electrified pickup. Now, we're not sure if it's a hybrid or fully electric, but the direction that they're going over there, our guess would probably be electric only. Damn it. Well, we don't know. We don't know. Mm -hmm. We're just, we're we're surmising at this point. Okay. The the report from the dealership meeting, it was basically really good. It said it would look similar to the Ram Revolution that was shown earlier this year. The concept, not the actual production one. But, uh, I mean, would you guys be excited to see a... EV midsize pickup, so like something a little smaller than Rivian? Yes, a little bit. Yeah? A little bit. After 9.1 miles per gallon on the uh, <laughs> fast lane, uh, and you're 4.7 or whatever you got. Yeah, but that was, what was it again? really specific circumstance. But it's going to happen to you again. That's the problem. Well, that's why I have extra 10 gallons on board, because... <laughs> Your gas tank is how? 21.5. 21. Mm. And you're running super, correct? I'm 91 octane? Premium. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? Try again! So along with the uh, midsize pickup truck concept, apparently uh, there was a uh, another vehicle that was shown to dealers. So apparently tucked away in the corner at the same uh, meeting was the uh, what, what could be described as a next-generation Dodge Durango concept that previews uh, the, the upcoming SUV replacement. Will this one piss off all the uh, all the guys that got upset about the last Durango release? Being uh, suing them because there's more. Yes, silly people, just be happy. Like just just, just stop be happy. Being, just stop being offended. Be happy. Be happy. The current Durango has been around all the way since 2011. It's kind of hard to believe. I, I would say the thing has aged really well. Do you think so? It's still a great looking vehicle. I don't think it's aged well. Uh, I think it's aged fantastically well. Mm-hmm. The, the new the newest body style. A with the interior update and the headlight and taillight update, I think looks great. Still it's looks great. So 2021. No, 2021 <laughs> was two years ago. So what do you think, uh, EV or hybrid? Hybrid. Well, if if it's still going to be based on a Jeep Grand Cherokee or still share Jeep Grand Cherokee platform, that'll probably hint at what the engine and drivetrain and all that is. If it's not, I'm guessing it's going to be all EV. Because mm. everybody just seems to be like so EV. Like there's a place yeah. for it. I get it, but. Kind of enough already. Like, oh, did you hear they want to take away our freaking air conditioners now? No. Why? why yeah. So what? it was what? gas stoves a few weeks ago. Now they're moving to AC. First it was gas stoves. And they're like, no, 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 we're not going to gas stoves. Now New York's like, oh, no more gas stoves in uh, new buildings. I think they're trying to pass that law right now. So it's like, they are. See, they say they're going to do it. They float it. Then everybody gets mad. They go, no, 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 no. It's not like that. And, and then, then they, they go and do it. do it anyway. And now it's going to be freaking AC. Dude, they're taking your gasoline powered cars. They're taking your freaking gas stove. And now they want you to be uncomfortable. Like, stop. You know what's going to happen? People are going to revolt. You know what's going to happen? With all this natural gas and then fossil fuels mm-hmm. in the ground, mm-hmm. the world is going to have a pimple. Yeah. And it's going to explode. Yeah, it's called volcanoes. Yeah. And something. then we're all going to die in the world's pus. It'll be a reverse meteor. Yes. <laughs> 
Hey, Lighting, did you hear? No. No. Uh-uh. Uh, no, I don't think so. If you are in the market for a new Ford Bronco? Uh, I might be. You're not. No, I'm not at all. I just was saying that. Yeah. Uh, Ford is hitting the pause button on manual Bronco production. But why? Because they hate you. But that's the coolest one of all of them. Well, I mean, it is pretty cool. Although you can't get it with the V6, only the four-cylinder. But it's mm-hmm. fine. It's It's got the seven-speed with that granny logo. Was our man uh, Jerry from Camberg? His was auto, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. Did you see he just bought a Harley? He sells his yes. company to Magnaflow. And then he and buys he's, everything. He's buying a big house in Newport Beach. Wait, he is? He's bu- you haven't seen his posts? I've been. I haven't had cell service in four days. This has been going on for about a month. He he does these walkthroughs. No, I've seen. I see him doing the walkthroughs. Did, but that. What do you think that's about? I think. I think he's just no. Being Jerry. He's buying a house. No, he has a nice house here in Huntington. He's got. Nah, he's gonna ball up. Yeah, it's. He's he's balling up. I don't know. He lives in a nice neighborhood. They've got a great house. I've it, been there. But you know what? He doesn't have a Newport Beach zip code. Who cares? He's got a Huntington Beach zip code. Ah, it's not. It's nine, as, it's nine tenths. And all of a sudden, he's a. He's a millionaire. That must be weird. Uh-huh. Or that's a lot. It's like hitting the lottery of life. You and I will never know. Uh, anyway. No, I, I know. I know because my house is now worth 1.4, and I bought it five years ago for eight. You are not liquid. No, I'm not. But, I can, so, I, but I'm like, dude, yeah, oh, my neighborhood's uh, up. It's po- I never thought I, I, I would have Jerry, a house that expensive. I man, Jerry might be liquid to that. I could not too. buy my house today, nor could I rent my house today. Just got in at the right time. All right. So back to the Ford story. Apparently, they have curtailed production of the manual Bronco. Uh, along with the uh, base model and the Everglade uh, trim level. And the reason is because they have to uh, refit the plant because the new generation Ford Ranger, which p- shares a platform with the Bronco, is coming online. So they are basically pausing it because they want to maximize commonality on the assembly line, according to Ford. And Ranger, I guess, is not coming with the manual. So why add that complexity when you don't have to? That being said... They're not saying that it's gone forever. It's just a pause while they ramp up the uh, the new the uh, new plant. It's it's certainly not the end of the Bronco manual. So, if you want one, uh, you should probably find one on a dealer lot ASAP. Are there any on dealer lots? I don't know. I don't think so. Now's the time to find one. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. Nope. Remember when Tesla uh, did the really dumb like we're going to put a video game yoke in your car? Yes, and then and some people bought it. I passed a woman mm-hmm. the other day who had it, and um, yeah, it's uh, dumb. Apparently, yeah, Tesla made a retrofit kit where you could buy a steering wheel and take your yoke out, put a wheel back in. Uh, they launched that this month in March. Can I guess how much? Sure, I'm going to say it is twenty one hundred dollars for a steering wheel. Um, no. The retrofit went live on March 15th. About a week later, went out of stock. <laughs> That's how popular the That's yoke how was. Popular Do we know how much it was? $700. Okay. Which, not... in- which includes the price of installation. Oh, okay. That's reasonable-ish. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, you would think it would be more. They didn't say how many wheels they made available to uh, retrofit for the vehicles, but it's Tesla, so who knows. Hey, uh, Lightning, did you hear? You have more news? Yeah, there's so much news. Wow, well. I mean, no, no. I've not heard. Uh, so remember we were talking about the ZDB Desert Boss Special Edition Package for the 2023 Chevy Colorado ZR2? That added the black nameplate, the bed-mounted sports bar with the ZR2 sail panel, the off-road front bumperette-looking thing, 17-inch B-lock capable wheels, a 40-inch uh, off-road light bar, underbody camera, 
auxiliary power distribution box, front fender decal package, uh, tailgate decal package, body side decal package. Well, apparently, it's not going to be around in 2024. I wonder why. Uh, I think it's because the new AEV Bison oh, is coming in. that would make sense. And by the way, the, the photos of the bison? factory Bison on 35s of the spy photos looks like a freaking mini Tonka truck. Like, you just want to grab that thing, like, it's that much wider. It's so, it's just awesome. Like, the proportions look like a concept. It is so cool. Are they taking orders on the bison? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Okay. But this is your last chance. uh, Get it for 23 if you like the Desert Boss, because it ain't going to be around very long. No, don't get it. Wait for for the the bison. Or get it, and then you have a a vehicle that's... uh, No, don't get it. Or or get it, and then you have something worth... No, don't get it. Or get get it. Or get it. No. Forget it, is what he means. Or get it. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? No! No! Nope. Uh, Ford's teasing a second-generation electric truck, which will be built in Blue Oval City, Tennessee, called Project T3. It's the follow-on to the F-150 Lightning, um, and it'll be 2025 or so. The new plant will uh, have nearly 6,000 jobs. So uh, not a lot of uh, information, but it... Uh, is it the second generation lightning? Is it something different? Is it a smaller truck? Don't know. But uh, Project T3, keep your uh, your eyes peeled on that. I wonder that why they're calling it the T3. Do you want to keep making the news longer? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying. <laughs> like, who cares? That's just okay. their internal coding. Didn't know if it was like Terminator. You know, that's we well, called that not the T1, 2, 3. All right. And uh, last but not least, I How know about... you. No. No, no you heard about heard. this. Oh, have no, I? You heard about this. Oh. I know you've heard about this one. There's some uh, epicness that was announced from uh, the Dodge side of the Stellantis fence. This is not truck news, damn it, but a freaking last call owed to everything you love, internal combustion in the new SRT Demon 170. Yes. Why, might you ask? Because it does a quarter mile in... Does the quarter mile in an NHRA certified 8.91 seconds at 151.17 miles per hour? Yes. Oh, my God. It's evil and awesome in every way. Uh, You would need to be on a prep drag strip, and the the, uh, caveat is you can't be on a prep drag strip because NHRA rules don't allow anything under nine seconds without a roll cage and a parachute. So <laughs> you'll like never, you, yep. you can never really do it. I it love the fact that it, it doesn't come with a passenger seat. You can buy one for a dollar. Yep. And it's uh, running E85. Which is 170 is why that's in the name because that's the alcohol proof if you were to drink it. Yeah. And it also comes with an amazing whiskey set with a decanter mm-hmm. and angry demon looking. I like the demon has a yellow in his eyes. You yeah. know why? Corn. Corn. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a corn kernel in it. Anyway, a 6.2 liter V8, 1,025 horsepower at 6,500 RPM and 945 pound feet of torque. Uh, even on E10 gasoline, the output's still 908.10. It can hit zero to 60 miles an hour. In 1.66 seconds, <laughs> which I think means it's faster than a Tesla Plaid and a, and a, a Bugatti uh, uh, Veyron. No, the new one. Oh, what's the new one? Uh, uh, the sh- Chiron. Uh, that, yeah, I believe it's faster than that zero to sixty, which is incredible. Uh, so it's not just a uh, a Hellcat Plus. The camshaft uh, is the only thing that carries over from the engine. The supercharger grows to 3 liters from 2.7 in the Demon. Throttle body is 105 millimeter instead of 92, which basically means you can put your fist through it. And boost is now 21.3 PSI in comparison to 15.3 PSI. 
And then I believe it also uses uh, studs instead of head bolts because of the pressures inside that engine. It gets a new Transbrake 2.0, which allows the, the driver to uh, map the throttle and then do a, a shift paddle to launch of the strip. Um, you can tune the torque output in tenth of a second increments. I mean, all sorts of crazy stuff. A set of 315-5017 Mickey Thompson ET Street R drag radials are at the rear, and then you get skinny. Uh, 245-55-18 rubber up front, and then the wheels are on a, I believe it's like carbon fiber and aluminum uh, hybrid wheel. I mean, the thing's just stupid. The presentation was pretty cool. They did it out at Las Vegas Motor Speedway on the uh, drag strip, and they had a, a crowd, a grandstand full of people, and they helicoptered the car in yeah. and set it down, and they had Jay Leno there and uh, our friend Chris Jacobs, yep. who, by the way, I was with Chris Jacobs. And I Greg, saw your post, and yeah. he said he would come ba- back and, on anytime. And he told me that he would as well. All yeah. right, we and Greg, did you? Uh, so Dude, I saw your post with, with Greg, Greg Grunberg. Dude, that was awesome. Can he come on? Yes. Will he come Do on? Do you know he owns a Bronco with yes, a 5 with, with a 5 liter. Yeah, yeah. Well, when's he coming? They're both coming on. All right, let's do it. As a matter of fact, they invited us to their spot. All right, Greg, let's trade. Wait till you see his club slash bar slash recording studio. Yeah, but he doesn't have a pot shed. Yes, he does. Not like this. Yes, he does. Nope, this is better. More uh, intimate. Did you tell him this was intimate? He's also rich. This I put this together in a shoestring. He is a big Hollywood actor, yes. yes. Dude, he was in two Star Wars. I know he was, but he needs to be uh, hanging out with us. Both those guys said they'd be on the podcast. I know Chris did. If from we SEMA. go there, let's do it. Let, well, we can go there. Well, we could do a phoner with them, or we could go there. Yeah. You would you, you like? No, it. I'd, I'd like to see. You'll it. like their studio, but you it's know, cool. Podcast. Our they podcast do, is worth. They do. Uh, they're on Speed Vision. It's a new show called uh, Zero to Sixty. Z E R O T O, and the number sixty zero to sixty. Hard to find right now, but um, it's it's a pretty cool show. I brought Gail Banks up there to be a, a guest. All right. Well, we'll make sure that happens. I will. I actually have Greg Grunberg's cell phone. All right. I saw you did something really cool for your kid, which was which was awesome. Well, if you want to know the story, go to uh, Lightning's Instagram at LBC Lightning, and he's got a, a post up, which is super cool. He's a. I've heard Greg's a real cool dude. It's so nice. And so obviously, we, we've yeah. had Chris on the show. I didn't so, know he was a drummer. So the deal with Chris is he was supposed to be with us at SEMA, and he had a, sick, a plane travel issue, and- had to miss our interview, and he said, "Just let me know." And so I'll, I'll, he, he texted me maybe a month and a half ago. And he's like, "Hey, I'm, let me know. I'm, I'm back anytime." So I was gonna bring him up uh, a pedal monster for his Gladiator. He's like, "Ah, oh, I just sold it because I he had a kid." Oh, so this guy yeah. had to sell, but but yeah. you know he's got a Hellcat Red Eye edition. So does he that was, need a pedal monster? Uh, <laughs> Probably I brought not. Him, I, well, I brought him one in case the name Chris Jacobs doesn't ring a bell. He was the guy on Overhauling. Overhauling that always and played, hundred other things. But, but he's a, that's, he's that a was the longest automotive run, host. He is, but that was the longest running series, and he played the cop. He was always like, uh, "Your car's been stolen, and we found it." That's Chris. Jacobs. Anyway, he's been on the show before. We will have him back. It's awesome. All right, so the Demon One Seventy is available in fourteen colors. But here's the kicker. This is the thing that I couldn't believe. Retail price. Oh 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 oh. Is it in this? I feel like it's in the eighties, isn't it? Ninety six 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 six. Oh yeah, that's right. Cheeky, <laughs> uh, but dude, under hundred grand for that is amazing. They want to make three thousand three hundred of them, three thousand for the U.S., three hundred for Canada, but they don't know if they'll be able to reach it in the window they have to finish the build out. So it's is like, that because of emissions or what? It's just because they're only making them until December thirty first, twenty twenty three. So whatever they can fit in that window, that's it. Um, they're going to start taking orders on March 27th. So that's the day that you hear this podcast. So you better call if you want one of those bad boys. Wow. I wonder how many people will order and won't get it. This is the other cool thing. Uh, beyond the Demon Badge coasters and Whiskey Cube and Rock Glasses and Decanter, 
owners of an original 2018 Challenger SRT Demon, you will, if you are able to order your new car, you can request that the VIN number matches your previous car. So if you have the 47th Demon, you can also get the 47th 170. That's pretty rad for collectors to go like, this is number and this is number. I think that's pretty neat. Matching set. I think the neat thing about that is... It's not the rarity of a 001 VIN. It's the rarity of having the set. So Dodge made a way for the higher number cars to have some sort of cachet to them. I think that's really neat. So anyway, plenty more uh, news where that came from, but we'll have to save it for the next show. Before we start this next segment, I want to thank you guys for emailing us. It's been a deluge of email. We had a drought, and now you guys are on fire. You rule. Truckshowpodcast.gmail.com lightning at truckshowpodcast.com and holman at truckshowpodcast.com you email yeah i email do it we email that's right everybody email type it up you email proofread i email send it we email click it everybody email you gotta tell me that you're gonna scream over the music and i'll i'll bring you down i don't tell you anything no you don't no uh, can I go first? Go for it. All right. This uh, first one, Nissan is a subject line from Eric. Uh, does this count? A picture of the back of a new Frontier from the driver's seat of my 23 Ram 1500 Eco Diesel. Oh, that's the exact truck that we said needs a pedal monster, didn't there we? There you go. Holy shnikes. You guys sent him a pedal monster and a sticker. Uh, Jay, after the sticker <laughs> shock from buying the truck wears off, I'll be contacting you for the hookup on a Derringer. Okay. Ah. Mm. I'd love a TSP sticker as well. Here's my address. And there's the photo of the Nissan. Hashtag Frontier Spotting. And I will put that right there because I'm sending you stickers. All right. And uh, Travis Bull says, hey, guys, is listening to the podcast this morning while stuck in traffic and happened to be behind a Frontier. So I figure I'd play along. Thanks, Travis. Hashtag uh, Frontier Spotting. He says, uh, if you're actually sending stickers, here's my address. <laughs> so I'll put that in your uh, send pile. Well, there. I'm waiting for the emails to come in where guys who I've sent stickers to are plastering them on things. And then it'll be uh, hashtag truck show podcast sticker spotting. Mm-hmm. No, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Nissan Frontier of the Wild. Hey, Lightning at Home, and my name is Marco Bonello, writing from SoCal. Big fan of the podcast. Sorry, I fell a little behind on the last couple of weeks on the new episodes. But when I heard I could potentially get one of your new stickers just for spotting one of the really cool Nissan Frontiers, I figured I'd had to try. They really aren't that hard to spot here in Southern California because they're getting so much more popular. Great job, guys, for getting the word out. Anyway, I took two photos of the new Frontier, one from my 2020 Ford Raptor and and the other one from inside my pizza shop in San Pedro. <laughs> oh, but Wait, was, whoa, 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 whoa. He has whoa, a pizza shop? Whoa, whoa. We have a listener who has a pizza shop nearby? <laughs> yeah, that's me stopping in yeah. front of uh, Bonello's New York Pizzeria. Wait, save that address. Okay, oh, hi, hold on. Wow. Hold on. Hold on. Look, look at me. I know you're looking at the paper. Lock eyes with me right now. Yeah, yeah. Screw sending him stickers. Let's hand deliver them and see if he'll give us a pie in return. You tell me when you want to go. Well, now? See you guys later. <laughs> we'll get to finish the show. Oh, you want to finish you the think show? He'll, you think he'd hook us up with some pizza if we brought him some stickers in person? I think he would. And one of our uh, old shirts that are now gray? Do I'll drive. All right, Over the well, Vincent I, Thomas Bridge to know, San Pedro we go. We know I can't afford it right now after my last trip and my next one. Uh, so anyway, he says, uh, they really are a great looking mid-sized truck. Keep up the great work. And thanks for the awesome content. Hopefully future sticker i look forward to listening to the show every week and the old episodes in between and here are the photos and sure enough Bonello's new york pizzeria window right there 
Uh, it is spelled B-O-N-E-L-L-O. So, uh, again, Bonello's New York Pizza. Oh, he's got some pretty good reviews on uh, Yelp here. Okay. And, uh, oh, there's something called a happy roll. So he's New York, so he's he's uh, he's which probably the, thin crust. Which, by the way, is the correct pizza. Oh, did I tell you about- You don't like Chicago pizza? Oh, uh, you mean tomato bread? I love both. Disgusting. If I had to choose, I'd be choosing New York. No, no, no. No, listen D- to me. Detro- listen, for Detroit, clarity. which, by the way, Detroit, which commandeered pizza from both of those places, is still better than Chicago. Every time I go to- I've had them all. I've had Geno's. I've had whatever. That's the best. That's the best. It's always freaking tomato cake, dude. It is so- It's like, let's have a big piece of bread- and then just slather tomatoes and ingredients. No, that's not pizza. Pizza is a proper New York slice that you can fold over. It has a crispy crust, and it's delicious, and the cheese is just right. I was at Hot Rods and Handguns one night, and in the corner is a bunch of guys who are having conversation. And there's a younger guy with them. It turns out one of the dudes was an extra on The Sopranos. And uh, there's a bunch of New York guys in the corner, and they're talking about pizza. And I hear the one guy talk about Chicago pizza. And I'm over in the other corner smoking my cigar, and I go, hey, Chicago pizza, huh? <laughs> and the guy's like, yeah, you get it. This dude gets it. You're going to back me up. You're trying to and, cause a fight? And so he's like, this dude, yeah, tell him how Chicago pizza is. And I've been listening for a little while. And it's all New Yorkers, and this one kid who swears by Chicago pizza. And I'm like, yeah, that's, uh, that's tomato cake. Dude, the New Yorkers were like, bought me drinks the rest of the night. They're like, oh, burn. It was awesome. Listen, Chicago sucks for a lot of reasons. Pizza's just one of them. Listen, I love almost any pizza. You want to talk about bad place to live in politics? Hold on a second. Wait, hold on a second. No, I'm, I don't want to live there. Hell yeah, no. no you... But why can't I just like all pizza? If I told it's you- It's not pizza. It is pizza. It's not pizza. Oh, it's a piece of bread that has tomatoes put on they put it in the oven again. It depends what you get put on it. It's <sighs> just not just tomatoes. I get like meat lovers and blah, blah, blah. I get artichoke hearts and all this, all kind of crazy okay, so stuff. Okay, so go to your thing, your pantry or whatever, and you just pull out dough and then just put things on- top and then you slide it in that's pizza no i get it bonello's is my favorite yes new York, but we're, listen we're going there but i'm not opposed if it was bonello's to- chicago pizza it would be like send him the stickers we're not going there <laughs> you're up next all right i got this one uh, from peter t he says i was driving down the san luis obispo that's funny he's driving down the san luis obispo and he spotted these two last gen frontiers still being used for work i know they are new but i hope it counts i'm gonna go ahead and say yes here's an address all for right you. got it and shh, the wife, don't know yet. Subject line from uh, Carl Fuchs. Congratulations on your new show's independence and looking forward to each episode from you guys as you turn them out. It's one of my favorites. So I need some help making a decision on what to do with my wife's truck. Hmm. Okay. 2008 Dakota 4x4 with a 4.7 liter V8. Ugh. Little background, Holman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he he knew you were going to thumb your nose at him. It's been a super dependable truck since we've owned uh, at 40,000 miles. It now has over 200,000 miles, and all I've ever done is regular maintenance. It's gotten good fuel mileage. It averages about 50 miles per gallon, but it's dependable. I recently was changing oil in the front and rear diffs, and the rear had some surprises lurking in the bottom of the housing. Lots of metal shavings and semicircular pieces of what looks to be parts of the limited slip thingy 
<laughs> he says they. Uh, uh, yeah. That would be your clutch pack uh, yeah. disintegrating. He says, uh, we had the pinion bearing changed uh, at the dealer roughly seven years ago at a dealer in Kentucky. No idea. Well, clearly they did it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No idea when this damage has occurred, although it had some vibrations at higher speed. So I want to get the tires rotated and balanced to see if that helps with the vibrations. I went ahead and cleaned out all the metal I could and filled it back up with new oil. Should I be worried about further damage? And yes, before lightning moves on without answering your question, you should be worried about damage. If you're seeing metal particles and things like that in your oil, it's, it's the process that already started. That's like blood in your stool. Just go to the doctor. Whoa, you know dude, what I'm saying? That's, that's aggressive. <laughs> now, here's the part the wife doesn't know. By the way, she's a total truck lady and does not want a car, even though I've tried to convince her numerous times. I've been secretly thinking, by the way, that's a keeper. If, you're, if, your, truck, if your girl is a truck girl, she's a keeper. I've been recently thinking that once we buy her a new truck of turning this Dakota into a light off-roader. So if the current rear axle might be bad, maybe I could just put on some Dana 44s and do a solid axle swap with 33s. Could this work? Thanks for your answer, Holman. Lightning, I like you too. <laughs> <laughs> LOL, OPS, oh, she's a great wife. Instead of buying a new or newish Duramax, she's letting me rebuild my 315,000-mile LB7 Duramax. I mean, a total frame off. I know I'll probably spend about $50,000 over the next couple years, but it's cheaper than a new truck. We have lots of memories in this truck, and I don't think I can ever get rid of it. That's a great email. Thank you very much, Carl. So, Holman, what do you think about uh, the Dana 44s on 33s? I think that's a lot of work to run a 33-inch tire. I think if you're going to do solid axle swap, you should uh, do at least 35s. And yeah, you could do it, but you could probably fit 33s without going through all that and still have a mild overland vehicle. So it's a, it's a lot of work. You got to decide which, which way to go and then commit. All right, I got one last one here from Robert McKee. He says, shocking. He says, hey, you guys talk shocks quite a bit, but I don't remember seeing steering dampers being mentioned. I have a 2019 F250 4x4 gas that would want to change lanes when I hit a bump going down the road. I changed the damper first and drove around and no lanes changed for every bump. I eventually changed the rest of the shocks, but nothing made as much difference than a damper. All shocks and dampers were shot. Five stars. And that's from Robert McKee. Five star review. Five stars. And yeah, uh, absolutely. Steering damper is part of your uh, damping system. It's part of your steering system. And uh, they have about the same service life as your shocks do. And if your shocks are bad, chances are your damper's bad. It can lead to death wobble and you know things like that. So You do not want death wobble. You do not want death wobble, especially on the solid axle vehicle. Go back to our uh, interview with Dr. Death Wobble yes, for sir. further proof. Our friend Ken. So... Yeah, it, it, that's definitely something you should uh, check. If you've got an older truck that is uh, starting to uh, shake over bumps or have those secondary motions and things like that, then yeah, absolutely, you should be looking at your steering damper before you move on to anything else. It's a simple, easy fix. 15 minutes in your driveway, and you can uh, know whether or not that's an issue, and they're not that expensive. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That's our address. Or you can send me one, lightning at truckshowpodcast.com or Holman at truckshowpodcast.com. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. All right, he's at LBC Lighting. I'm at Sean P. Holman. We are at Truck Show Podcast. You can uh, reach us on the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. We want to hear from you, whether that's in your email, in your uh, voicemails. Send us some love. We want to hear. And if you're uh, spotting uh, Frontiers lately, hashtag Frontier Spotting. Post it up and uh, send us an email. We'll send you some Truck Show podcast stickers. 
uh, we love you guys. We appreciate uh, all the support for the show over the years, and uh, this the start of this year has been solid for uh, Truck Famous LLC. So we appreciate you guys for continuing to listen and hanging on while we uh, sort of I don't know uh, grow into our new home. We're also smelling it up. Do you notice that? I did not. <laughs> Maybe it's just you. It's not me. <laughs> no. It might be me. I was in the desert camping for four days, so. You don't look. You look like you've showered, but you still look beat up. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I feel. Yeah, your eyes are still watering as if there's still uh, sand in them. Yeah. No, your right eye. You notice that you're it's tearing. That's because the show is so bad. And <laughs> I know what our future is going to be yeah. like. Oh, and do it's you now? Depressing. Yeah. Hey, listen. Uh, we would appreciate some five star reviews, and while you're at it, make it funny. Give us something we could read on the show, but uh, that really would help us get out to more and more listeners. It is the number one truck enthusiast podcast, but uh, we're greedy and we want to grow. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Nissan, thank you for uh, sponsoring the show for the last five years. We appreciate you. And uh, you guys should show your appreciation return by going out and buying a Nissan Frontier or a Nissan Titan or a Nissan Titan XD. So head on down to your local dealer. Put in order, pick one up that's on the lot. Find the one that's uh, the, the right color for you. If you don't know what the options are, build and price at NissanUSA.com. And uh, tell them the Truck Show Podcast sent you. And if you're like our listener that uh, has an eco diesel and you've got throttle leg city. Is he still waiting it, for the turbo to spool up right now? Uh, <laughs> yeah. If it takes, if you can grow a five o'clock shadow faster than you get to 60, then you've got throttle lag. Look no further than bankspower.com. Type in your year, make, and model and get the pedal monster for your car or truck. And lastly, we got to thank our friends over at fullmoondigital.com. If you have a need for SEO help or social help, you'll want to talk to Derek and the team over at Full Moon Digital. If they can help us, they can certainly help you. Bet. That's what all the kids say. Bet. You're 51. Yeah, no, I'm a kid at heart, though. You know what I just got? You'll never get it. A big wheel. Jams. Uh, Close. Oakley razor blades. No. You got a 29-inch big wheel. What what do they call those big, the three-wheel trikes for adults? I don't know. I didn't get that. No. You said close. Mm, Well, I bought a... uh, Ford GT Lego Technic set. Cool. I'm going to build me some Legos. But that's nothing wrong with that. That's nah, kind of a kid thing to do. No, it's not. Not a Technic set. Well, that's what I did. Well, good. I'm, I'm going home and I'm going to build some Legos. Yeah. Well, right after I eat this Twitch. You want to have? Word. Yeah. Would you want the right or the left? Uh, right ones always taste better to me. Okay, here you go. I don't like anything on the left. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Truck Famous LLC. This podcast was created by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please open your Apple Podcast or Spotify app and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan, there's no better way to show your support than by patronizing our sponsors. Some vehicles may have been harmed during the making of this podcast. Sir, when's the last time you replaced your breather elements? You already asked me that. Yes, sir. And the time we talked, it needs to be replaced again. <laughs> you didn't replace it the first time. It really needs to be replaced, sir. Also, you need to replace these hubcaps. Hubcaps? They need to be replaced every four minutes or every eight yards. 